must be a new kid in camp. <laughs> oh, no. What is my underwear doing up the flagpole? Looks like he's flapping in the breeze. <laughs> <laughs> know what I'd do if I were you? Turn around and go home? No. I suggest you stand at attention, click your heels, and salute your shorts. Campers, this is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name's Joey. I'm Andrew. And I'm Justin. And this is episode 183. We're ranking season one. Salute your shorts. Yeah. Uh, really excited about this exercise. Um, before that, Justin, we're really excited to have you back. You you were on our... Um, our tale of the pinball wizard early this year, which is one of our more popular episodes uh, this year. Um, and we were, we were really excited to have you back because um, you are a self-confessed uh, salute your shorts fan, right? Absolutely. But let's get something clear. You said we're doing an exercise right now. I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get to the donkey lips jokes, uh, <laughs> which, which by the way, I mean, you know, I knew they kind of ragged on donkey lips, but <laughs> boy, this, I mean, it made me a little uncomfortable. By 2020 standards, it made me pretty uncomfortable. Um, yeah, I mean, he gets a lot of flack, but I also feel like it feels real. Not that I'm, like, wanting him to be picked on, but I feel like that's, um, you know, it's like real life. It's like what was happening in real life, you know? I guess it is real life, um... Yeah, I just, I don't know. I felt for him a little bit. You know, there were times where I was getting picked on pretty hard as a younger kid. Um, I just yeah, feel like it's for, very real. For, like, for your weight and how you uh, Not necessarily. Okay, not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> what, what, what say you, Justin? Did you think Donkey Lips was getting it too hard? Yeah, I mean, a lot of, a lot of that is what went into my decision-making with some certain episodes because I can relate a lot to Donkey Lips. I mean, I had pretty good hygiene, but you know, I was overweight. And uh, some of these situations uh, that happened with him were really real to me, especially at the time. And uh, there's a couple feel-good stories in the season too, so it was kind of nice to see some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're, the the other thing I was really paying attention to rewatching the season was that Salute Your Shorts is really great at ending episodes. Like there, there are some episodes yeah. that, like as I was watching, I didn't feel like I was quite as high on. But then those last, like say 
five yeah. minutes, it always felt really satisfying. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, also, I found that I was uh, laughing pretty consistently throughout this whole uh, season. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, it's like very, you know, I mean, I knew it was funny, but um, I didn't remember all the stuff that I was laughing at. You know? Oh, yeah. There's some great lines. Um, we um, we we did this once before in February. So we did um, season season six and seven of Are You Afraid of the Dark? And anybody who hasn't checked those out, kind of the exercise here is that we will, sorry, not exercise, the, um, the, <laughs> the format we'll be following here is that we're going to kind of briefly summarize uh, each of the 13 episodes of season one of Salute Your Shorts. Uh, and then uh, after the summary, we'll talk about, you know, kind of, did we like it? Didn't we like it? Uh, and then we'll rank it, right? One through 13. Is that what you did, Andrew? Uh, yeah. But this time around, speaking to how funny it was, I, I did start keeping track of my favorite lines from each episode. Mm. Um, and I do, th- I do think there's like a comedic masterpiece in this ep- in this season, um, because I have like 13 lines uh, from the episodes. So, um, I'll, I'll I'll share some of those. Um, so that that'll be kind of how this works. Uh, do you guys want to jump into season one of Salute Your Shorts and uh, share your thoughts? Oh uh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's go to camp. <laughs> so episode one is Michael comes to camp. Um, mm-hmm. In this episode, Michael, of course, arrives and meets everybody at camp and um, or gets into a situation where they steal um, the girl's stuff. And then uh, finally, Michael comes clean and the girls let him off the hook or whatever. Um, yeah. But a lot of... Uh, iconic stuff in this episode the awful waffle comes from this episode and only this episode i think um hey everybody it's awful waffle time But uh, this is the start of the season, and and I think it's a pretty good. Um, I think it's pretty great as far as uh, series openers go. Yeah, I I uh, you know Michael's pretty instantly like maybe kind of seems like he'll be popular, especially with the girls, which creates yeah. a kind of uh, an envy with Budnick and Donkey Lips. Um, so I, you know this episode I think displays very quickly like. I think it's a terrific episode and, and you get to know everyone really quickly. Like their oddities, what makes them who they are. I almost like within the first five minutes, you kind of get a sense of who every main character yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the great part of the episode is that, um, you know, for our first episode um, with 20 something minutes, they do a good job of establishing uh, the personality of the characters Um and really kind of letting you get like feel like part of the camp um and i think that the way that they did it and the whole thing the whole feel of the show but they really set the tone in the first episode is that it feels it feels realistic it feels like you know these kids like these were the kids at my school there was you know a different kind of personality whether it be a bully or you know kind of a middle of the road character like michael they did a really good job at um like assigning those different roles to the campers. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what you kind of mentioned was like, it felt like you were actually at camp. I, I really sense it. Like it felt, it felt like you were watching a day at camp, you know, like just the tone it set for it with the baseball game and kind of the pranks. It just felt yeah. kind of, for, especially for an opening episode, it felt kind of laid back in some way. It was kind of cool. This show and, and many shit, like many shows in the early Nickelodeon days of the nineties, it's, they feel the characters feel like kids. They don't feel like an adult wrote, wrote, you know, a script for kids. It feels like these are, these are real kids doing real things that kids would do. And, you know, having that big arc of character of, you know, like this is, this is how I would feel in this situation. And yeah, things aren't always pleasant. And, you know, I think with, especially with Michael, I think, you know, that his, I don't know, apathetic kind of, you know, whininess. And I think, I think that can kind of make his character unlikable, but I think that's, that's how a lot of kids feel. Like, you know, this is boring. This is, I I feel like they really did a good job of putting kids in the role of kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It feels like it's fully realized from the get go. Like there's no, uh, like there's nothing about it. That's, uh, that they haven't like perfected yet in the production of it. Yeah. And I, I noticed, um, Justin, that you had, you posted a picture that you have that original book that the show is based on. Um, do, mm-hmm. do you find, do you find that the show is just like totally faithful to that book or are there, are there differences? I was actually only able to get that, um, a couple weeks ago, uh, so I've been I've been go- dealing with a lot of stuff, uh, you know, a lot of changes. I just moved and stuff. So I'm behind on all my reading. I have not got to read it yet. Um, okay. It's a it's a cool read though. It's only like 150 pages, but uh, yeah, that's uh, something I'm interested in finding out too. Is if any of the stories feel like they became episodes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, Steve, Steve Slavkin, who wrote that book, created the series. So I'm guessing that like contributes to the fact that just right off the bat here, it feels so complete. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I should note that all these episodes, we've talked about this a bunch, but uh, all these episodes have two, epi- uh, two episode names listed. Now, I'm, I'm, I absolutely agree that this episode's called Michael Comes to Camp, but you know what I'm talking about, Andrew? There's these like <laughs> yeah, secondary yeah. titles. And so the other one is called First Day. So I'll I'll throw in the secondary titles as we go. But uh, I guess either are fine, but Michael Comes to Camp feels right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I usually uh, prefer one over the other. Um, Yeah, but well, we we can do that throughout. Uh, What would say you, Justin, First Day or Michael Comes to Camp? Michael Comes to Camp. Um, Yeah, the way they're listed on certain sites, there's... uh, it's almost like the secondary title. They're all very generic. Um, yeah. yeah. So typically, the first the first listing that they have is is so much more fitting for the episode. I think Michael comes to camp is way better than first day. Yeah. Well, my my favorite my favorite line uh, I only I only wrote down one from this episode, but it, you know it's so iconic, which is roasted, toasted, and burnt to a crisp. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Well, this episode uh, has a 8.4 on IMDb, a 9.1 on TV.com. Where did you guys out of 13 rank Michael Comes to Camp? Um, I ranked it right in the middle, number seven. Wow. 
and yeah. I should say that I really uh, enjoy every one of these episodes. Like there was even the one at the bottom of my list. I didn't hate watching. You know, like I I felt good at the end of it. Still, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This is this isn't like Are You Afraid of the Dark season seven, where you're like, yeah, Oh yeah. my god, what is the yeah. tale of the last dance? <laughs> yeah, um, I love this episode. There's just like I love it as the season, the series opener. Um, I think it's just really well paced, a good story, really does a good job of introducing all the characters. Um, there's just like a bunch of episodes that are stuck in my mind a little bit more, um, just a little bit more something, you know? So interesting. Uh, um, so yeah, this is wild to me because I thought for sure this would be in your top five. And mm. now I just, now I know for sure our lists are going to be, it seems like they're going to have to be divergent again. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so, you know, usually I go uh, last, but Justin, do you care if I go second and then you can be kind of, um, you know, our voice of reason? Oh, absolutely. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so I ranked this third. Uh, I think it's the wow. third best episode in the season. <laughs> I think um, not only is it a great introduction, but it's really like fast paced. It never really gets boring. I mean, maybe the like a, a telly glasses storyline isn't my favorite, but it's pretty brief. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think this is a very funny episode you know everybody's doing their thing I, I don't know yeah i thought boy should i i don't know do i regret this i don't know justin what do you think i think it was smart to let me go third because i can tell you that you're right it's it's the third best episode <laughs> in the season oh yeah okay. same as my list um do you do you want to talk about crab star ratings or, or save that for later because um i have a, a note about that with this episode Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you did, um, I think you and I did Krep star ratings, so we can share. And then Andrew, I, I, you could even probably make it up as you go if you want. Yeah. I had three episodes this season that I gave five stars. Um, and this was obviously the third one. So there's two five stars that I enjoyed better. Um, and I just, I just think the reason I think it's terrific is yeah. Like I don't think that the, the glasses and all that stuff. I don't think the stories were super interesting based on the content, but I think the episode for a first episode um, really established the, the setting and the, the scene and the tone. And um, you guys know I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, Zebo and Are You Afraid of the Dark? I think just the fact that this episode has the awful waffle, one of the first things that many people think of when they think of Are You Afraid or when they think of Slit Your Shorts is awful waffle that's you know one of the first things that comes to your mind and we get that in this episode so i think it for that alone for the awful waffle and the way it, it set up the series i think that it's it's five stars they did it they did it exactly how i think they should have so yeah it's <clears throat> that's a great point about setting up the series i mean this really as a pilot well i guess not an official pilot but it sets the tone for the rest and yeah you're right the awful waffles pretty iconic um i gave this a four and, and a awful. half okay uh I, I just wanted to call it you know, season two um this did such a good job of setting up the series this episode one that in series two, they kind of revisit it and kind of do the same thing with Pinsky coming to camp. 
So it worked so well the first time that they kind of borrowed from it the second time. Yeah. For sure. Um, I would give it a four out of five. Um, I think it's a great episode. I think it's just, for me, I just think there's like a number of episodes that are a little bit, it just like tightens up a little. The stories and um, the pacing a little bit again. Um, but, you know, it's still a great episode. Okay. That's interesting though. Cause it's your number seven. My number seven has a three. So even mm. our, even wow. our ratings will be pretty. Um, yeah. I, guess. I mean, I think my, I think my bottom episode, I'd maybe give a three. Really? Um, like your worst episode yeah. of the season of three. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe I was being a hard on it just cause I was like viewing it through the, I think my ratings were harder cause I knew I needed to be able to like adjust my rankings based on them. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. So I was like purposely yeah. rank, uh, giving scores that would help me do that. Um, okay, yeah. well, a great a great start to the season, Andrew. Do you want to talk about our next episode? Uh, yeah, next is episode two, Zeke the Plumber, um, or Ghost Story. Yeah, I, come on, <laughs> <laughs> Andrew or Ghost Story, as everybody knows it. Yeah. Um, hey, does this look familiar? Harry the Hippo? Hey, where'd you get him from? From inside your head. That's where you keep all the things you don't want anybody to know about. You're not gonna tell anybody about this, are you? Of course not. So, I mean, if the kids at camp know I have a stuffed animal and I suck my thumb, I mean, I used to suck my thumb. Attention, everybody! Michael Stein sucks his thumb and he has a stuffed animal at camp. <laughs> you baby! Oh, give me a break, please. Come on. Let's see what else you have inside your head. No! 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 This one needs little describing, I think, for most <laughs> of you out there. But, um... But Nick tells the campers the ghost story of Zeke the plumber, and he haunts each of the campers throughout the episode, or a couple of the campers throughout the episode. Um, and then finally, but Nick ends up out in the middle of the woods on a dare, and uh, Ugg as Zeke the plumber scares the wits out of him. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's we 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 did an episode review on this one uh, a few years back. So you, if you're interested in that, you can go take a look. But it's um, I've said it before, but of course this is I think one of the best episodes of Nickelodeon. Period. Um, it's really yeah. captivating. Yep. It's scary. It's funny. Um, yeah, I mean we've uh, gushed over it a lot. <laughs> what do, what do you think, Justin? I'm a, I'm a huge fan of this episode. Actually, before, like 10 minutes before we started recording, I got a delivery notification. My package is here, and I have a Zeke the Plumber, uh, like plush pillow doll kind of thing. Uh, it was just delivered. It's, it's awesome. It's like a foot tall. Um, I'm not going to give any free plugs or anything, but I'm going to put it on my Instagram uh, to show everybody, and I'll link to where you can get it. Uh, so by the time everybody listens to this episode, they uh, if you can find my Instagram account, um, I don't want to plug stuff, but, uh, yeah, it's really awesome. There's a site that makes custom, uh, and they have some Nickelodeon stuff and candles like that. Um, but yeah, so I'm like, I'm a Zeke fiend. Yeah. Love it. 
is there is there would you guys say there's any weak spots to this episode um and yeah and it's kind of why i toyed with the idea of not putting it in the spot that i did um i say the weak point of the episode isn't with the episode itself it's just that it's so far different than the series and to come at you at number two and this and like you watch the first episode you're like this is what we get into and then they hit you with this and you're like what am i watching um i think it could probably you know it's it's not a good representation of this of the the show itself um but they do it so well so yeah um probably a little too graphic or or probably too scary for most kids that don't want to turn into like a or tune in for like are you for the dark you know and then they get this at like 3 p.m uh yeah i don't know yeah. It didn't rub me the wrong way, but I can, see, I can see how it was probably a pretty gutsy call. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, for me, on the other hand, I um, I feel like this is one of the episodes that just like solidified Nickelodeon in my mind. Like when I saw this, I was like, that was so bizarre. Uh, it just kind of got me interested in more of the stuff on the channel in general. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's one that, you think about you know from the moment i saw it to right now it's one that when i think about 90s nick pops up in my head it's yeah, yeah. and it always had in between you know when we weren't doing the podcast zeke was always one where yeah. i might actually seek it out online or try to find it just to enjoy it yeah for sure yeah um well some of my favorite lines in this episode are i gotta get out of the ball uh, which is Telly. <laughs> no! Yes, I'm afraid you're trapped here for quite a long while. For the rest of your life. So relax. Enjoy the music. And let's dance! <laughs> get out of this ball. Gotta get out of this ball. I 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 gotta get out of the ball. Gotta get out of the ball. Gotta get out of the ball. Hey, Telly, wake up. You had a nightmare, didn't you? Yeah. All about Zeke the plumber? Uh, then we, of course, have Zeke saying, Attention, can- attention, everybody. Michael Stein sucks his thumb and, and he has a stuffed animal at camp. You baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's that you baby part that really gets me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, of course, we got Budnick with I tell a ghost story and you bu- you buy it hook, line, and stinker. I just cut one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, Andrew, one that I know you and I really enjoyed as kids, even even in the 90s probably, was Budnick doing the Hello? 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 My name is Zeke, the plumber, and I've come to collect your head in my bucket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, yeah. One, just one more that I wanted to mention. Uh, Zeke saying, um, I'm a plumber. <laughs> I'm the custodian who grants you wishes. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. so strange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And of course, that's uh, that's uh, you know the actor pl- playing 
uh, Zeke is, is still Ugg. So even in retrospect, it's even a yeah. bit more fun kind of knowing. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like when I, when I was a kid, I didn't put that together totally. Yeah, me either. Uh, well, let's get to our ranking for Zeke the Plumber. Um, on IMDb, uh, it has an 8.7. On TV.com, it has a 9.3. Um, so where did you rank it? And I guess you could give your Krebs star if you want. Yeah, uh, pretty good ratings, I guess. But I uh, ranked it at number one, five stars. Uh, sure. I, I just couldn't rank it anything less. It's just so, like, affected me more than any other episode, uh, as much as I like the rest. Um, it's just uh, seared into my brain at this point. Uh, yes. Uh, well, we, 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 we gave stars on this before. It's one of our rare perfect score episodes. I gave it a five as well. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, my, my, I ranked it number one as well. Um, I think it's the best episode of the season, though at the last moment, boy, did I, I, I toyed, um, I toyed moving it to number <laughs> wow. two with the, the, an episode that I think there's two episodes I think in this season that are God tier. Uh, Zeke okay. is one. And there's another that I think is very close, but I'm like, you know, what am I doing here? Like, well, you know, I'm just, I would just be contrarian to be contrarian. Um, yeah. So, um, I think it, you know, it's got to be number one. Uh, but Justin, you're you're free to uh, tell us we're wrong. I can't do that here. Um, yeah, it's my number one, and I gave it as well. It's it's the most memorable episode for Salute Your Shorts for me, and like you said, I think. And all of Nickelodeon, too. You know, I think that's just one thing that always comes into my head. And um, I even I even have, like, you know, Nick lines pop into my head sometimes situationally throughout my life. And to this day, like, you know, kind of like when it's cold out, I say that I'm cold from the frozen ghost. And um, when I'm somewhere that I don't really want to be or I'm, like, ready to leave work and I'm, like, I just want to be done with work, I'll – I got to get out of this ball. I got to get out of the ball. Kind of gets <laughs> So when I'm just ready to leave or I'm over something, I'm like that, that that line repeats in my head and I feel like telly. I'm like, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> that is great. I don't <laughs> It's one of those lines that's like just like I doubt they realized how easily it would get stuck in people's heads when they did it. Like it doesn't sound memorable, but um when you hear that, man. Something weird yeah, about it. yeah. Venus de Milo's delivery is really good. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, you know, we got our number one out of the way early, and we're all in agreement, which is uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. But you know, probably we're g- probably going to shift here in a moment. So, uh, yeah, what's next, Andrew? Um, episode three is the treasure of Sarah Madre. Ooh, Sarah Madre. Um, we've Ooh. talked about this one. We have an episode um, review. Yeah, it was our um, first ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting start to the uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was, a, that was a weird pick. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the uh, campers find out about this uh, old um, camp counselor, Sarah Madre, and the treasure that she supposedly left behind. So they go searching for it. Um, kind of disastrously uh as meanwhile ug is trying to um perfect the grass on his field um and it ends kind of like explosively between ug and uh budnick uh in one of my favorite uh final moments of 
any episode actually uh but nick getting stuck in the middle of this like pit in ugg's perfect field and ugg slowly uh approaching the hole um preparing to <laughs> punish bud nick in some horrible way There is a very deep hole in the middle of my infield. Eventually, this hole will fill up with water and this scum will float to the top. Then, Bobby Butnick, you will be mine. Yeah, but this is, this is uh, you know, it's a treasure hunt episode. Uh... Yeah, uh, there's a little bit of a spooky element to this one. With the yeah. Yeah. dead counselor. Yeah. yeah. You know, even in Michael comes to camp, there's a little bit of a spooky element, like with that um nighttime kind of creeping around scene, like the music kind of gets to that. Uh, yeah. There's this good uh, score that are you for or are you for the dark? Uh, salute your shorts has. Um, so, yeah, yeah they the kind of it's interesting how like flexible the show can be between that type of stuff. Um, you know, I, I like this. I like this episode. Okay. Um, I think I think I like the premise more than I actually like the execution of the episode, but hmm. um, it feels like the middle section of it feels a little bit empty to me compared to a lot of uh, Salute Your Shorts, and maybe like okay. it's not quite doing enough. Uh, I don't know. What do you think, Justin? Yeah, um, I think that one of the main things I liked about the episode, not so much the way it was written or anything, it's just, well, one, I'm always a sucker for like a scavenger hunter adventure um, and I had a hard time giving any episode in this season less than a four Kreb star because, and for this reason alone, was in every episode, even if I wasn't like sold on what they were doing in the episode, there were lines and moments that made me laugh that I had a hard time giving it less than a B. So, um, it's not towards the front of my list, but it is uh it has its moments that i really enjoy and are memorable and as you were talking a little bit ago about the you guys reviewing it i think for sentimental reasons i should have put it a little bit higher because you guys i believe did the episode review for your fourth episode fourth or fifth and uh like looking on uh podcasts i was looking for nickelodeon stuff and i found you guys because of your review so I started becoming a listener at the review of this episode. Wow. And then that pulled me into like the Nickelodeon community, like other like other listeners and stuff, and kind of has been like a, a whirlwind because of all that and like pulling me back into the shows that I love. So and it was because you guys did that episode review and I just happened to search for Salute Your Shorts podcasts. Wow. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I love that it started with that episode. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it was you know, we've talked about it a little bit, but like just the idea that we decided early on there wouldn't be like a rhyme or reason to what we picked. It would just be kind of a gut thing. I mean, I think yeah. I think you, Andrew, we were sitting there and you were just like, Sarah, what about Sarah Madre? And I was like, OK, cool. So um, <laughs> that's really cool. I'm glad. Uh, I'm, well, and of course, we're so glad you found us, uh, Justin. Yeah. Um, uh, some of my favorite lines from this episode are uh, the first ones from Dr. Khan when he says, sit and admire her beauty. For all seniors to join me in the lodge for an unveiling ceremony. When you get in, sit on the couch and take a look at the photograph of Miss Sarah Madre, our dearly departed dance counselor, 
Sit and admire her inner beauty. <laughs> we yes, also have yes. um, that is great. <laughs> we also have smooth move X Lax uh, from Budnick. I think yeah. Budnick. Um, and we yeah, have Raiders of the Lost Fart. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, also love uh, Ugg's final line in this. Um, he's just it's something like um you know there's a whole a giant hole in the middle of my field slowly <laughs> filling up with water and soon the scum will rise to the top <laughs> yeah, the scum. and bobby budnick you will be mine <laughs> yeah but budnick and hugs relationship really holds up yeah yeah um, well, this episode has an 8.2 on IMDb and 8.2 on TV.com. Where did you rank it out of 13, Andrew? Uh, I put it at number six, right above Michael Comes to Camp. Um, I gave it a four, Kreb stars. Uh, I've always had a soft spot for this episode, kind of. It feels like one that slipped between the cracks a little bit somehow, but I love the whole premise. Uh, I love the guys like going out and trying to figure this out. Um, Ugg's whole storyline um, and uh, his relationship with Budnick. Uh, it's, it's just a really like fun episode to me. And I, I know what you mean about uh, the middle section. Um, and I guess I could just forgive it that for all of its strengths. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is a, uh, I think, you know, I haven't listened to that episode review. I don't know made yeah. sense ever uh, but um i think we i think we disagreed uh on it then too because i my original score for it was a 2.6 um yeah. and you had given it a four but i you know i i yeah. hiked it up here a little bit i'm, I'm giving it a, a three which would rank it number seven for me so our, our rankings aren't actually all that oh. different yeah um you know i think it's kind of the middling episode of the season which is not a bad thing again i i i I, I agree with you, even though my scores are probably going to be lower than yours. There's not an episode where I was like, come on, get this over with. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're all, they're all pretty enjoyable. So, um, yeah, I just think kind of not my favorite, not my least favorite, just kind of in the middle there, a solid, a solid episode of salute your shorts with yeah. a uh, montage. That's just much too long of them. Um, searching around. For <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have it at uh, number 10. Um, oh. it's one of the five bottom episodes for me. I gave the bottom five episodes all four stars. Um, but there's some great moments in it. Yeah, the the dancing and the cha chaing it takes up a lot of time. Uh, kind of drags. <laughs> uh, there's some great lines. I think this is the first episode that really kind of sets up, you know, how kind of like Budnick's relationship and the and the counselor or Ugg's relationship with the campers. Um, and how he's kind of like kind of a little simple, um, but then there's the, also like some great fun like comedy moments like the lines that you guys said and when uh, Donkey Lips has the hat on and finds out it's like Sarah Madres and like takes it off like throws it off. There's just a lot of a lot of funny moments in it. Yeah. So I couldn't get it less than four stars. It's just it was too enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. That's not too. I mean. Six, seven, and ten. That's you know we're all kind of saying it's maybe to- towards uh, middle bottom ish standing. So um, okay. So Sarah Madre, any other thoughts before we move on? 
Uh, no, love it. Okay. But... <laughs> okay. Uh, what's next, Andrew? Uh, episode four is brownies for Thud Mackie, or, or I don't know what. I hate the camp. Ah, uh, <laughs> I, I, I like brownies for Thud Mackie more personally. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds like um, it sounds like a like a nineties band like album name. Yeah. <laughs> hey, watch where you're going, meat. Sorry, Thud. I didn't mean to bump into you. Okay. Everything cool? Yeah, everything cool. No, 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 don't, don't, don't. Everything was cool. You sat on Thud's brownies. My mother made those brownies. I'm sorry, but I didn't know. See what a generous guy I am. I'll give you till Saturday to find me a new dozen brownies. Or else you'll be the goo on the bottom of my shoe. You can't order him around like that. Just for that, make it two dozen by Saturday. Remember, this is the first day of the end of your life. Um, so, uh, Michael accidentally sits on Thud Mackey's brownies. He's this uh, big bully, um, even like bigger and more intimidating than uh, Budnick. And so Michael tries to figure out ways to get out of camp. So he starts, uh, he sends a video to, well, at first he tries to get um, his grandparents to replace the brownies. Then he sends them a video to get him out of camp. And then finally, as he's leaving camp, he decides he can't leave. So he's got to come back. Um, and finally, he thinks that he's confronting Thud Mackey with all of his friends at his back, but they abandon him and he gets pummeled. Yeah. In a kind of great, a good, funny downer ending. Oh, yeah. I think it, it just feels real. I mean, Salute Your Shorts does that a bunch where it's just like, no, this kid would actually probably end up getting beat up regardless <laughs> yeah. of his extreme measures. <laughs> Look, Mackie, we've had it with you. You can take your two dozen brownies and cram them. Right, guys? Guys? Oh, no. See, how many fingers am I holding up? How many fingers am I holding up? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, uh, do we ever see Thud Mackie again? Is this his only time at camp? I don't think so. I believe this is it. Okay. I didn't think so. Speaking of, uh, I think the weakest, like what makes this, I like this episode, but um, maybe the weakest part about it is that it's this other bully. Like you already have Budnick and it's a secondary bully that like is just not quite as interesting or good as Budnick. Mm -hmm. Yes, agreed. I mean, I wrote down, I think that if uh, Thud Mackie was played by somebody else, it would, like, maybe just someone more interesting. The kid who played yeah. Thud Mackie, he's good. He's big, and he, like, kind of can stare. But he's not very interesting. I don't know if that's the actor's fault or the writing, but he just didn't, like, didn't do yeah. enough for me. I was just thinking what might have worked a little bit better for me is if um, Thud Mackie was bullying Budnick because oh. he's already a bully it would have just made it would have just been a little bit different dynamic yeah that's already yeah that's instantly more interesting um yeah uh the there is a side story here of zz and ugg looking for plants yeah um, 
that's like it's kind of funny um you know not i i think there's yeah, like it, other funnier uh, segments but yeah it's i i thought it was a little odd um you know especially uh zz soaking ugg and oatmeal <laughs> oh, I, you know what I did like about that is uh, that Ugg still had his hat on in the oatmeal bath. Yeah. Kind of a yeah. cartoony thing. Yeah. What did you make of this episode, Justin? Yeah, I think the ZZ oatmeal bath uh, thing was pretty creepy, but it set up for the Michael eating the oatmeal at the end. So that was a good payoff. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that. Uh, the, the book that had the brownies hidden in them, I think that was, like, one of the things that I think about how cool that was. At, at the time, even, I was, like, blown away. I'm like, you know, that's so cool to, like, hide stuff in a book. I don't know. I just really yeah. gravitated towards that idea. Okay, that, right, I can't think about this episode without smiling every time I think of, like, the Mush Mush Cam, like the home videos. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's really funny. <laughs> yeah. The video, the videos to his grandma are really amusing, um, and yeah, I, I just think the strength here is this ending. It just feels satisfying. All from the moment he's gonna get yeah, on, yeah. The, he's gonna get in the van with Ugg to leave, to when he changes his mind, then to getting beat up by um, yeah. by Thud. Um, I think I think this is like a sloppier episode than Sarah Madre. Like it's not as cohesive, but it's still very engaging. Uh, one of my favorite lines here is from Michael when he says, I got to get going because we're going to another of those steak knife relay races. Uh, (laughs) We also have a Michael line here of if a 74 year old Marine comes looking for you run to Ugg. (laughs) Uh, But Bud Nick saying, ha ha moosh moosh. I'd rather be dead, (laughs) which we get, uh, we get, uh, we get uh, Michael's nickname as Moosh Moosh. Some of my favorite lines. Uh, the IMDb score for this episode is a 8.1 on TV.com and 8.9. Where did you guys rank uh, brownies for Thud Mackey? Oh, boy. Um, I actually ranked this one dead last at number 13. Wow. Um, with three stars. Oh, <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> I, I like the episode all right. It just felt like once I had watched through these, it just felt like um, the least necessary episode. Uh, I felt like everything that happened in it was kind of done better elsewhere. Um, Thud Mackey's just kind of like, just he's just an unnecessary character when you have Budnick. Um, so, I mean, it had its moments, and I enjoyed the episode, especially the end. The, that ending is very good. Um, but uh, for me, it's just the least memorable episode. Wow. Okay. I mean, I, you know, disagree here. Uh, it's not It's not that it's, good, you know, it's not one of my favorites. I, I ranked it number eight. Mm. Um. But um, I think I just think that last half has so much charm that it immediately um, immediately I, kind I of ranked it up. It's really it's really just like the last minute, though. And well, of a 24 minute episode. No, I think once they start making those tapes for for grandma and uh, yeah, know. they're OK. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Justin? 
I put it at number six and I gave it a four and a half stars just because I'm so fond of the 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 mush mush videos and just I thought that was great. Um and I remember watching it for the first time at that at the age I was and just feeling like feeling dread, like, oh no, like he needs to get out of camp, this kid is gonna beat him up and like I don't know, maybe I was being bullied at the time at school or something and someone wanted to beat me up, but I re- remember really connecting to it and feeling like dreadful, like mm-hmm. that this is going to get bad. He needs to get home. And then the way they went about trying to get him out of camp, I just thought it was good. Uh, it was funny and it was cool seeing the campers uh, try to help him out and they were all um, working together to help get him out of there. And the book with the brownies and stuff in it, um, I don't know, there was just some memorable moments that I thought it was kind of like middle of the season. Okay. I'm not I'm not angry about that. <laughs> You're furious. Laugh <laughs> <laughs> harsh. This is a, you know, this is a harder harder season to get like angry about, you know, because even yeah. even if it's They're all I'm, I'm assuming close. even if it's your last episode like you didn't hate it. Yes. No, I, I, I like still liked this more than I think any, and I don't, I don't dislike Hey Dude, but I think I liked this episode more than <laughs> uh-oh. any of the Hey Dudes we've played so far. Um, okay. Well, that's, uh, that's okay. Yeah. So we're, we're, you know, six, what was it? Six, eight and 13. Is that right? Yep. All yep. right. <laughs> uh, well, let's, mo- let's move on to the next. Yeah, um, episode five is Bunk Chief Elections. Mm-hmm. Um, or or what's uh, the Telly, other? Telly and Dina. Uh, yeah, bun- I, <laughs> I Bunk Chief Elections. Um, <laughs> I don't get it. How you doing, Ugg? What are all these pies doing on this table? It looks like they're sitting there. I'm not hard of seeing, but why are they sitting on this table? Why aren't they splattered all over this room? Well, that would be completely irresponsible. We only wanted to do something to earn your trust. I don't believe you. Not at all. You boys have a plan. This I know. But I'm quicker than you think. That's why I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Believe you me. Uh... So Telly and Dean are just basically like fighting throughout this episode over who's going to be the bunk chief. Um, and they eventually get to the point where they're like on each other's sides, trying to vote for each other. And then um, they finally get into a huge fight at the end. Uh, and meanwhile, the boys are helping Ugg uh, clean up the camp because they're in trouble. And um, finally, like the boys and, Boys have been making these pies at the end, and the girls finally get into them, and their fight kind of uh, ends in this huge pie fight. Yeah, yeah. The boy, the boy storyline here is not super exciting. I mean, there there is that kind of classic moment with the pies. Um, um, but yeah, um, but I, I actually, kind of... I actually really like the boys' uh, side of this episode. I mean, it's not it doesn't take up a ton of the episode but i feel like every time i was laughing at what was happening um like the like them uh carrying up in his um you know in his uh whatever whatever you call those things 
um, like yeah, they're, they're carrying him like he's like a king or like a pharaoh or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just felt like a little broad for Salute Your Shorts. Like it didn't feel um, it almost like the boys storyline didn't almost feel like uh, Salute Your Shorts to me. It felt like a sitcom almost. Um, hmm. but I, don't, I don't know. What, what did you think, Justin? There's not a lot of memorable moments in this episode for me. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. Um, the pie fight was cool. Uh, I think that's a pretty classic ending. Um, there's some good lines in it. I can't recall any offhand, but I, I enjoyed watching it. Um, it's towards towards the back end for me. Yeah, I mean, some of the lines I wrote down here are um, from Ugg. He says, putting the goat in my bunk last night was very, very bad. And then uh, <laughs> when uh, Budnick tells, uh, happily tells uh, Ugg that he has a giant toothbrush, uh, Ugg says, yes. must yes. fit your big mouth nicely. <laughs> I love that whole gag. Just uh, yeah. Budnick coming out with that enormous toothbrush. <laughs> yeah. Good sight gag. Um, um, and you know what? I, I yeah. you, Telly, and, Telly and Dina here do have like some good chemistry. I think these are two like pretty good kid actors yeah, yeah. who are kind of going back and forth. Though. So it's it's not yeah. that I hated this episode. I just, you know, it, it doesn't quite stand out to me like the other episodes. Okay. Uh, this episode on IMDb has a 7.5. Uh, on TV.com, it has a 9.1. Uh, what Jeez. did you, what did you, uh, where did you rank, um, bunk chief elections? Uh, I ranked it at number five. Um, I Holy think that F. I just really enjoyed this episode. I think it's probably like the strongest, uh, girl centered episode. It's like mostly focusing on the girl side of the bunk. Um, I thought just the whole thing was kind of enjoyable. It was really well structured, like just the writing. Um, I loved how it ended with the boys, like finally doing something right. And then the girls totally ruining it. Um, I really liked the boys storylines with, Ugg. like, even though, again, even though it's like, doesn't take up as much of the episode, um, just them interacting with Ugg is like enough for me to really uh, like them being in trouble with Ugg is enough to like kind of keep my attention. Um, I just think this episode was like really one of the better done episodes technically. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I just thought it was a good one. <laughs> hmm. Well, I, I, you know, I'm gonna, I disagree with you here. I, you know, I, I, I can't even imagine uh, putting this episode above first uh, Michael comes to camp. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I just think it was more consistent than that episode a little bit. Oh and it's not that much. Higher than Michael <laughs> I guess I not, it is consistent. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. I mean, there's uh, a lot well, of ways to um, Michael I, I rank to camp early. early. Um, Wasted time? Yeah. I mean, I like them being outside at night, but it's very long. Like, um, they don't necessarily need to be running for, you know, there's just like a lot of stuff that could have been uh, tightened up a little bit in that episode. And it's very close to this one. Uh, Yeah. This episode, though, you legit get like 10 minutes of Dina and Telly just going back and forth. And I don't, I mean, it's not bad, but it's not interesting i i ranked it 10 and i would say that like 
the the episodes that are 10, 11, 12, 13 are um they're just not episodes that I feel like I'd really watch again outside of this. Wow. They're not bad. They're not bad. I want to emphasize that. I don't think I'd I, rewatch. I wouldn't rewatch. I mean, look, if I came over and it was on at someone's house, I wouldn't be like, turn this off. <laughs> but, you know, I think the bottom three or four here are just, you know, they're salute your shorts light. Uh, they're, they're, um, they're okay, okay, but they lack, they lack that thing that makes it like great. Um, and so uh, I don't know, besides that, besides well, that pie fight, I just, I don't, I don't remember much here. Okay. I mean, say what you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I did Justin. What do you say? Um, I had it at number 12. Um, I still gave it a four star. It's with one of the low tiers. Um, but there's enjoyable parts. Like I think even, well, in season two, it gets a little bit tougher, but in season one, like I enjoy just watching them. Like, I I think I would rewatch any of these episodes. Um, the least amount of memorable stuff, like towards the back end of that for me. Um, but the pie fight and stuff is good. There's good dialogue in the episode. I just, the, the idea of arguing for a long amount of time and, Ultimately, it's it is one of the things that I do like about it is you know Zizi's such a sweet character and to see her you know get her recognition and uh, get that position that they were fighting over was was a cool part but um yeah it just wasn't the premise of the episode and everything wasn't really something that I would tune in for specifically okay yeah you know you mentioned Zizi and I do want to say throughout throughout the season I I do think like. Uh, ZZ is a character that I think has aged pretty well. Like, I think uh, she's a fun character. Um, yes, I like her character. I feel like she kind of gets the shaft a little bit in these episodes, like, in terms For of sure. her story. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right, well, wow. All right, 5, 10, and 12 on uh, on Funk Chief elections. What's next? Uh, next is episode six, Toilet Seat Basketball. Or uh, Telly and the that? Basketball Team. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which one is it? <laughs> uh, toilet Seat Basketball, I think, for sure. Eh? Yeah, no, for sure. I, I really, I'm not sure any of these will win, but, uh, the, you know, they're funny in just how basic they are. Yeah. That plaque represents the great tradition of Camp Anawana. It memorializes all the heroes that have ever come through here. Kids like Bean Peterson, the first camper ever to eat 15 sloppy joes in a single sitting, and Nurse Julie, the one who pumped his stomach, and the 1983 championship ping pong team who walloped the team from Camp Battles. He goes, great match uh so telly's basically trying to organize all the campers to play basketball to beat the team that they're playing against uh but everybody's being really lazy and don't want to practice and they finally let uh bud nick be the new coach well then pick a new captain you guys are nothing but a pack of lazy chumps well i nominate myself as new team captain and i guarantee a win by using the patented bobby budnick method what's that the patented Bobby Budnick method makes sitters and quitters into winners and grinners. Why exercise the arm and leg muscles when you can use the most powerful muscle in your body? 
My dialing finger? No, your brain. That's where the secret to winning lies. Speaking of lies, I don't think I've ever heard a bigger one. Just say, yes, I want Bobby Budnick to be my captain, and I absolutely guarantee a win. Team, what do you say? Yes, I want Bobby Budnick to be my captain. Get a good night's sleep. It's gonna be a glorious day tomorrow. And he leads them down a um, morally ambiguous path, stealing the <laughs> other team's playbook. Um, and they, but they finally get rid of the or Telly finally get, gets rid of the playbook, and uh, they play their final game um, as a team, doing as well as they can, not cheating, and they lose finally. Um, in yeah. another great like downer, but feels good ending. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, this is one I remember being on a lot, I feel like, when I was a kid. I remember watching this one a lot. Um, certainly, I think the best part of the episode is Ugg being the referee, um, wow. where we get where we get our, you know, our classic line here of yeah, traveling, yeah. blocking, yeah. charging, you're out of there. The big tournament's about to start, and I am the referee. I blow my whistle and I dispense justice. You're out of there! Traveling! Blocking! Charging! 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 You're out of there! You know, the episode's... It's entertaining, but kind of in a weird way. Like, it's not my favorite... Uh, and I, it's a little, it's a little more melodramatic than I remember it being. Um, and I, I think I just prefer my salute your shorts to be a little more silly and, um, wow. I don't know. It, it's, it's okay. Like, I like thinking about it. And honestly, before this is the first time I've seen it in a very long time, it, it probably would have been an episode kind of floating around my head of like, should we do an episode review on this before watching it? But now having seen it, I, I feel a little less passionate about it. Um, Wow. I didn't hate. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. But, okay. Uh, you know, okay. Just trying to be. Just trying to be real. Like, it's just not one of my favorites of the season. Well, um, by the time that this aired, um, I was already like completely obsessed with basketball. So I, I loved it. Um, and I have there's few things I appreciate on this earth greater than Robert Bugnick and uh, his schemes. <laughs> yes. So. Yeah. With him running the schemes in this episode, I mean, I just, I just, I, I really appreciate that. I think Budnick's one of the greatest TV characters of all time. He's just so good at being like borderline annoying and cool and terrible all at the same time. I don't know. This is Dr. Khan, and I must say, an amazed Dr. Khan. Bobby Budnick? You have restored my faith in you as a great sportsman. You are a leader of men and a true competitor. You and your team report to the lodge for a free soda on me. But yeah, there's a lot of things about this episode I really liked with mainly with Budnick. Um, and the fact that they played basketball and the, the whole stakes of having your picture on a toilet bowl. I think that's just pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the to- the loser it. toilet bowl seat's really funny, and I you, you it does seem like the gang here is just being a little hard on Telly, like they're being real resistant. I loved that they're all like super lazy and 
don't want to get into this. And I feel like it's totally understandable, you know. I guess so. I guess. Um, well, besides traveling, blocking, charging, you're out of there, which is um, one of the greatest lines in Nickelodeon history. I think that I think it was in our top ten for favorite lines. We definitely um, talked about it. Yeah, I, I think I think it's in there. Um, the other one, there wasn't a gr- ton of great lines. Um, I did like when Dina woke up and she said, uh, "I was just about to get on a Ferris wheel with Patrick Swayze." Just uh. Really, really set, really set you in the early nineties. <laughs> um, um, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, this uh, what's this episode called? Uh, Toilet seat basketball. Um, it has a uh, seven point eight on IMDb. It has an eight point six on TV.com. Where did you rank it? Yes. Um, this one for me is number three. Uh, oh my god! I, I love, <laughs> I love this episode. Uh, <laughs> I think it. it's yes. I think it's easily the best, like technical. Technically, it's easily the best episode of the se- season. Um, like the the story, the way the story proceeds, everything that happens in it, um, the way it ends, it's all just like done in this really satisfying way to me. Um, the camera work on this episode was like a step above any other episode easily like it just felt like everybody working on this one knew exactly what they were doing um the music in this one is great uh man there's just like i i love budnick's whole thing like budnick taking over the team um and you know sneakily uh tricking all of them uh man i just like this episode just feels great to me i loved watching it wow i mean that is so crazy to me. Um, again, none of these are bad, but number three feels like a stretch. I I I put it at eleven. Um, I mean, that's insane. I mean, <laughs> like, there's no question. Like, it wasn't even like I was questioning number three or number four. Like, it was definitely number three. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I think I think maybe before I rewatched the season, I maybe I thought it would be like six. I thought. Because I, I I really remember liking it from when I was a kid. I'm also a, a huge basketball fan. Like I devour NBA basketball, Cleveland Cavs fan for, for you know, what's that? For, for the record, I don't care about basketball at all, but I still love this episode. <laughs> um, which I mean, I thought I'd be more partial to it, but rewatching it, I just thought it was. But maybe you know, maybe maybe I was coming off of brownies for Thud Mackey and bunk bunk chief elections, and I was just feeling like a little like like it was starting to slag or something. I I don't know. Maybe I'm being too hard on it, but I didn't I didn't love like the participation of everybody in this episode. Like every everybody is being kind of negative, um, including Telly. Like I know she's trying to lead them, but like then she gets angry, and then nobody's very happy. And I like it generally when they're not all just totally miserable and they all, the whole bunch here seem kind of miserable. Um, <laughs> uh, what did you think, that Justin? is a good point though. Sorry. That is a good oh. point that every character gets a lot of screen time in this episode. So I like that. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I had this at number eight and I gave it 4.25 stars. I think it's, I think it's a good episode. Um, but it's more in the middle for me. Um, but I really like it. I like it a lot. Uh, 
I think it's where Budnick starts to shine with his, uh, I don't know, the way he kind of like does his schemes and stuff like that. I feel like he's a person that would be hitting me up if I still had Facebook to like buy their, their Shakeology or whatever. But um, yeah, this is, I don't know, I, I like it a lot. I give it 4.25 stars. Wow. And then that's the number eight. Yeah. Okay. So this is probably our more most divisive, I would say, with a three, eight, and eleven. Yeah. Um, toilet seat basketball. Interested to see what people think on it. Um, there was one more joke I did like where uh, Telly uh, blows a accidentally blows a dog whistle and and, and yes. only donkey lips reacts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is so great. <laughs> Yeah, that was a laugh out loud moment. Uh, and it, it like kind of continues through the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um okay. Well, uh all right, so that was toilet seat basketball. What's next? Uh episode seven is the radio call in contest. Or um I forget uh, what the other the one spo- is. <laughs> the sponge saga. Oh, sponge saga, yeah, yeah. Just just ridiculous. I like I like yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) hey it's four o'clock somebody turn on giant jim hey 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 it's giant jim ginsburg here giving away big beautiful buckets of money to some lucky listener i love this guy he once did a whole show butt naked (laughs) how could you tell it's radio um man this is a classic episode of nickelodeon um sponge ends up uh well there's a (laughs) radio show that they listen to at camp and they're having a contest for um tickets what do, what do they win now i can't remember what they win. money right oh just money okay um anyway sponge knows everything so they kind of put all the pressure on him to answer all the questions and keep him up all night uh as the contest is going on because they might call at any moment um and finally in the end after getting two correct questions, he doesn't know the answer to the last question, and Ugg has to save the day in a yeah. iconic scene. Um, just oh, like yeah. this close-up on Ugg's blue face. <laughs> His face turned, was turned blue by uh, Budnick earlier. Yeah. Um, just like a yeah. just a really fun, like, wacky episode. Ugg, uh, I know we're not supposed to be in here. I know the answer. What answer? When I was going to State U, our team mascot was a giraffe. A big, yellow giraffe. And every time he came out, he'd scream, Go, giraffes! And I remember sitting in the stands, and I could see his tongue. A big, black tongue. A giraffe's tongue is black. What do you think it is, Sponge? I think it's time to trust Doug. Oh, I definitely know this kid's a moron. Hey, 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 hey. I may be blue, but I know a giraffe's tongue is black. Oh, for sure. And then the uh, that last question, yeah, like you said, with Ugg coming to save the day on the zebra question, what color is a zebra's tongue? I mean, that goes down, I feel like, in Nick history as just kind of like a very memorable moment. Um, yeah. You know, everybody kind of chipping in here to help. It's got kind of like a fun, frenetic feel throughout, you know, kind of scrappy. There's a lot of scenes where, you know, they're trying not to get caught by Ugg. Um so it's a it's a high energy one. We we episode reviewed this last summer uh, with Jocelyn. Um, so if you if you want our in depth thoughts, you could go there. But Justin, what did you make of uh, Radio Calling Contest? 
the answer to the final question is like ingrained in my mind as much as the answer to the phantom cab question. Um, it's just one of those things. There's so many moments in this episode that are just iconic to me. Um, and I don't know why it just feels like a fun ride the whole time. Like he's under pressure. Try- and I love trivia. Like trivia is one of my favorite things. So I don't know that maybe that's why I like it so much, but yeah, it's just, it feels like a fun ride. Like, or is he going to answer, you know, he's falling asleep in his oatmeal. Um, <laughs> just, there's so much kind of drama and like, at, at, for being a kid too, like the, the stakes are pretty high. You think like, Oh, that'd be awesome to win. So I don't know. It just feels, there's a lot to it that I just love. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, and every, every camper here kind of has a moment to shine, like where they're helping sponge with something they're talented at whether it's like pop culture sports music you know our arm armpit farts um everybody everybody gets kind of like a little fun little way to contribute in the episode oh another thing about this episode one of my favorite things in the whole entire series is in this episode where budnick's teaching him about metallica white snake and uh and just a slightly different note sings and it's the same you know he's teaching him about rock and roll and I don't know that's yeah. great ah, oh yeah. see now that's Metallica right okay now here we go ah, yeah. and that's Aerosmith this, this whole episode is fantastic and like you said about the, the girl or Dina teaching him about uh was it uh, George Michael's real name and stuff like that? Like, I don't know. I just, I love trivia and pop culture and just having all the kids like give him their information and stuff and just like really play into their characters and stuff like that too. It was just, I don't know. It was really, just really good. It felt like it moved very fast. The episode was real, uh, just moved along and it was enjoyable to watch the whole time. Yeah, for sure. Um, the 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 uh, radio um, host uh, Jim, um, he's just got a ton of nonstop taunting and a, a ton of great lines to the point where I just kind of stopped writing them down because like, you know, I, but I think he's got some of the best lines in the episode. Uh, I really love when he's like taunting uh, Sponge with all the things his friends will say about him. Um, and my other favorite line is when um Sponge says, "I think it's time to trust Ugg," and Budnick says, "Now I know this kid's a moron." Um, um, on imdb uh, radio calling contest has an 8.5 9.5 on tv.com where did you guys rank out of 13 um for me it landed at number two uh i love this episode classic um the this uh justin's right this episode just like feels really good uh the whole time really well paced everything about it feels like deliberate and real uh it's very funny there's good ug moments it's just like it's another episode that uh does incorporate all the campers in a really good way i mean it it always feels good when the episodes like feel full with some time for each of the campers um so this is uh one of my favorites i give it a five Wow. Um, yeah, I, I gave this a four. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's great. It's, it's an iconic salute your shorts episode. 
Um, like I said, I love everybody's kind of role here. Everybody is, you know, there's an actual like something to achieve and everybody is kind of working together, which is kind of more my my favorite line of uh, Salute Your Shorts. So I, I ranked it number five, which I know might seem low, but like um, just I think the four ahead of it are, you know, it's 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 like in the same ballpark. The, the, the top five are really like close to me. Um, so I think it's it's a great salute your shorts. What did you think, Justin? Yeah, I think um, this and the when Sponge goes to the movies, like I feel like it's just really fun rooting for Sponge heavy episodes and seeing um, you know seeing them accomplish a goal and trying to get Sponge to do stuff. I have it at uh, I have it at number two, and this is one of the ones. This is one of my three five stars. Um, I kept teetering between this and Zeke the Plumber for number one, but every time I would try to entertain putting Zeke at number two, I was like, knock it off. Like, that's that's ludicrous. But um, I feel like this is, like, really close to number one material. Um, I just I love it a lot. Yeah. Well, um, now I'm worried that you guys are going to be like, what the hell on my number two? But um... – <laughs> I, pro- I probably will be i mean <laughs> except for if it's one, there's one episode that i'll accept okay we'll we'll see we'll see um it's, it's cinderella play no i'm joking okay um all right so what what is next andrew um next is episode eight donkey lips and sponge way in um or in this one cheese- don- oh yeah the cheeseburgers Sorry. in paradise oh oh man <laughs> Yeah, that's a good alternate. Are you going cheeseburgers in paradise? (laughs) Um, like my in my head, it's donkey lips and sponge way in. But when I'm thinking, I like I love cheeseburgers in paradise though. So I I, yeah, I don't know. This one's close. Ooh, okay. Um, towards uh the donkey lips and sponge way in. I like that title better. Um, but I think that cheeseburger in paradise is very fine. Alternate. It's a, it's it's one of the better ones. It's the best. It's the best secondary one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah, by a long shot. Yeah. <laughs> the kids went last year. Said the winners get to go to this great seafood restaurant. Yeah, where the waiters dress like pirates, and we get to have a lobster dinner. I even brought my own claw cracker from home. It's got my initials engraved on it. Wrestling bites unless you get to dress up like Sergeant Slaughter and body slam the atomic werewolf. You say what you want. But while you're choking down earthworm gumbo, we'll be feasting on lip-smacking lobster. Flex. Flex. Um, so in this episode, uh, Donkey Lips and Sponge are both trying to make the wrestling team or go to the wrestling meet. And they have to like their weight has to be in a certain uh, weight class to qualify. Uh, and Donkey Lips ends up being too heavy and Sponge ends up being too light. So they decide to get on a program together to get to their correct weight. Um, and so they end up just kind of like working out and Sponge, while Sp- or Donkey Lips works out while Sponge like carbo loads. And they finally end up going to pick up cheeseburgers from a nearby restaurant for all the campers. Um, and kind of like chaos ensues kind of, and, uh, finally in the end, um, both of them end up being able to go at first. We think, uh, donkey lips isn't going to be able to make it, but 
you know, it turns out that he can go to. Great! Just when things are going good, I get this. Garbage. All my life is garbage. So pick up your life and stuff it back in his trash bag. Come on. Yeah, the scale was broken. Yeah. And that was a good <laughs> twist, uh, the way they did that, yeah. actually. Yeah, I like that too a lot. Um, this episode like made me feel like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a lobster fan, but this episode made me want to be a lobster yeah. fan. It, like the way they described it <laughs> sounded so delicious. <laughs> yes, they they win a lobster dinner if they win the wrestling or if they go to the wrestling match, I guess. Yeah, it's like such an oddly specific thing that even as a kid, I was like, yeah, I want them to get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there there is a you know, this is a. This is a great episode. Like, I think one of the more memorable of the season. Um, I really love the ice cream hut scene where, um, you know, they're trying to retrieve food for all the campers and then Ugg shows up and there's this like awkward scene between Ugg and the lady at the ice cream hut while they're still trying to get their food. What time do you get off? As soon as these kids show up with the cash. 20. Two. Um, you know, it really is too bad these kids stiffed me. Oh, yeah, that's horrible. As soon as the food is, um, paid for, I thought I'd go for a swim. You know? Work on my, uh, tan. Oh, yeah? <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, um, maybe, maybe I could pay for the food, and then, and then when you close, maybe we could go swimming together. Would you? Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, that would be so nice of you. Let's see the cash. Oh, I think it's like one of the funnier sequences in the season. Uh, and um, although I, w- I did, I did, I did note that this is essentially a 25 minute episode of like everybody trying not to get caught by Ugg. Like every scene is <laughs> yeah, based yeah. around the idea that they're not, that Ugg is going to catch them doing something, um, which is, yeah. I, I like that storyline a lot. So it's, it's, it can keep the episode going. Yeah, I think this episode, especially when I when I watched it for the first time, it felt very personal um, mm-hmm. as someone who kind of struggled with weight um, and, you know, having like your dad, you know, be you just want your dad to be proud of you. And my dad was the same way. Like sports were really important. He always pushed me into playing the ones I didn't like and because they were the ones that he liked and had to do well at them. So I just I really... I love character arcs too, because kind of Donkey Lips started out as a bully and uh, kind of like the lackey for Budnick. And this is where he kind of gets like, you know, the more human side of him. Um, you really feel for Donkey Lips and his struggle and really wants to make Wade. And um, he supports Sponge and he's a good friend and they're working together. I think it was great, like a kind of a bonding episode for those two. Um, uh, at Brett Wilson Art and I kind of bonded. Uh, in a conversation about this because we kind of felt like like we felt attachments like he felt like sponge and i felt like donkey lips at times so we talked about that i think that's a i don't know that's that's why i relate to it on a personal level i really like the episode i liked all this the hijinks at the hut um with the rappers getting stuff up their shirt and i was trying to hit on the girl and they're trying to get the bags and um and I love seafood too. Like, so the whole lobster thing, I was like, yeah, you get that lobster. You know, I was excited about that. 
and the heartbreak <laughs> whenever Donkey makes the wave. I'm like, no, like that still hurts to this day. I, I'm kind of getting emotional thinking about him not getting that lobster. Um, but yeah, I, I love that episode. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, I, I I didn't write down any lines from this episode, so I I don't know if it's like the funniest episode of the season, but it's it's still got a tongue going on. It's really charming. You know, maybe like what's a maybe a contender would be like uh, what's a pretty lady like you doing in a hut like this uh, when Ugg's talking to <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, uh, <laughs> number twenty two, your order is ready. That's yeah. like, that's burned <laughs> yeah. into my mind. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Number 22. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the way that that line is delivered is just like weird. Like how they keep repeating it over and over again. Um, there's just something about that scene, like them out in the middle of nowhere and that line echoing through the parking lot. And they, it's like they don't know what, why this number is being called out at first. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just very strange, the whole thing. I also really like that uh, she got up to pay for their food because he thought <laughs> if he paid for their food, she'd be off and they could yeah. hang out. Yeah, there is some like very overly sexualized stuff in this season. S- stuff that I really couldn't almost believe. Um both in what was happening here with Ugg and this ice cream lady, but a lot of comments directed at Dina that made me a little uncomfortable. Um, hmm. Coming up in episodes here, I'll, I'll, I'll note a couple, but um, just a little more raunchy than I guess I would expect a kid show to be in some cases. Hmm. Um, well, this has an 8.1 on IMDb, uh, 9.7 on TV.com. Um, wow. what did, uh, Andrew, what did you, where did you rank, uh, yeah. donkey lips and sponge way in? Um, this one landed at number 10 for me. Um, Whoa. It's, yeah. It's an episode that I going into this, I thought was going to be a lot higher. Um, and I like, I like a lot about it. Like the whole storyline is great. I love sponge and donkey lips as like the outsiders kind of bonding. Um, I just felt like when it finally came down to it, that there's just a lot of kind of space in this episode where not a lot is happening. Um, and the storyline with the other campers getting the cheeseburgers while I like it, um, it didn't feel like it. Um, I don't know. It felt like the resolution was a little like um, glossed over a little bit. Uh, it just, it, it just didn't, I guess I liked the whole premise of it better finally than the execution in the end. I, I can definitely like kind of see what you're saying. I mean, I, I think I, I think my, the reason it didn't rank quite as high for me is because I actually expected to love it more um, yeah. because my memories of it are so fond. I love, I, I do yeah. think uh, Justin, you were talking about like the sponge, donkey lips combo i think it's a great matching of characters i actually wish they would have had those two do a little bit more together um so i I really love that about it but the episode like it didn't really have me laughing very much or you know i don't know just um it was it was enjoyable to watch but not like iconic so again it kind of ended up in the middle of my list i ranked it six out of 13 um so not 
again, not my favorite, not, not bad by any means. I, I would, I would happily rewatch it. And I, I think it's a very good episode, but uh, not one of my, not, you know, not top five. Um, I have it at number four. Um, it's not one of my five stars, but it's, it got, I gave it 4.75 crab stars. Just, I just love it a lot. It's, I think my, it, a lot of my um, love for the, ep- of the episode is more about the camaraderie and more about my personal feelings and how I was, how I felt at the time watching it than, than it is about the quality of the episode. I just, I, you know, I don't, I love a lot of things about it. So it'd be really hard for me to um, put it any lower than that. No, that's, uh, I mean, again, I, I don't think we dislike any of these. And I think, um, you know, it's interesting here because like some of our top fives, it seems like people are just kind of have a separate attachment to it. What either like with like uh yeah. toilet seat basketball and Andrew or for you, for you with this one, I think, you know, my number two is just one that like, I've never been able to get out of my head. Um, so uh, kind of a cool thing, even if it's not like, uh, everybody agrees on it. It's, uh, you know, can't help but have your favorite. The cool, about, the cool thing about Nickelodeon at that time, I think, is they did a good job at reaching kids. I think we can all have different ranking and numbers of different, you know, se- seasons of shows or like dubs because of, you know, how they affected us and how they made us feel and how they made us um, relate to kids our own age. I think that that's a big thing that Nickelodeon did for a lot of us is really reach us and make us feel like we knew these characters. So I think, you know, like I said, the seat, the season's great. And I think it's all going to, our lists are going to be based on how they, you know, how they reached us then. And if they still hold up today. And um, a lot of my picks are based on that. Like a lot of my picks aren't because they're the better episode or they're funnier. It's because of just how it reached me. So I think that speaks a lot to what Nickelodeon was doing back then. They kind of like captured lightning in a bottle. Yeah, for sure. Um, cool. Well, Andrew, what, what's our next episode? Uh, next is episode nine, Budnick and Michael fake being sick. Uh, or uh, the clinic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I think the original's pretty strong on this one. Um, yeah. I don't want to... Sing this song, the Anawana way. Come on, people, I don't hear it. Uh, 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 uh Donkey Lips just, just gave half the peace sign to that guy on the motorcycle back there. Which half? So, uh, Budnick and Michael fake being sick to get out of, um, an activity and the the secret activity ends up being going to the beach but by that point they've already gotten out of it and so they end up stuck at camp while the rest of the campers go to the beach um and they kind of uh bond throughout the day uh over just their being kids and and finally when uh the rest of the campers come back it turns out the Ugg lost their way, and... We've already got 200 miles. Easy, are you holding the map right? Oh, yeah. Uh, they And he ended up getting sick, and they never ended up uh, making it to the beach, I don't think. In the, in the well, period. they got to the beach, but he was the only one who went into the ocean, which oh, is yeah, why he got yeah. sick. Yeah, but yeah. it kind of it kind of flips on its head. Uh, you know, they're going to have fun. 
now Michael and Budnick, they, you know, they thought they were going to have ice cream, but it's locked. The TV doesn't work. So they're kind of miserable. But then everything ends up flipping where like Michael and Budnick have fun and everybody's having a terrible time on the trip with Ugg, uh, getting go. lost and getting locked in the bathroom. Um, I always I always really like like the backfiring premise uh, of episodes where like it seems like something great's going to happen and, you know, kind of a switcheroo type of scenario thing. Um, and uh, yeah, I do. I love the bonding between Michael and Budnick here. I love kind of breaking Budnick down yeah. a little bit. Um, it's a very entertaining episode, really fast paced. Um, it was an episode that uh, I hadn't watched a long time before, like some of our listeners wrote it, wrote to us about it. Um, and, uh, so I, I maybe rewatched it last year or two years ago and every time I see it, I kind of like it a little bit more. It's, um, I think, I think a really great, great, uh, episode. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts about this one. I think that, you know, kind of going along with the, the donkey lips and sponge where, you know, Budnick's this bully and then you get to see this tender human side of him. Plus the relatability was through the roof for me, you know, as someone that was kind of raised by a single mom and, you know, when mom would date. And the, the whole puzzle thing where Budnick was like, you know, they treat you like they're a pick your pal and it's, it, it's tough. Um, so not to get into like too therapeutic about it, but yeah, there was a lot of things that was going on in Budnick's life that I felt like I could relate to a lot too. And um, it was really good to be able to see that tender side of Budnick and, you know, cause he was such a jerk and the camaraderie between Michael and Budnick kind of how sponge and, donkey lips had um the previous episode and uh there's some great lines um i'll i'll save mine in case you have it um but yeah it's it's a terrific episode and it wasn't it was another one where i don't think it was overly funny especially the main part with the budnick and the michael um there was some funny stuff happening on the on the bus but uh it was one of those kind of like show moments that felt like a real thing that kids are going through and that's that's probably why i ranked it higher and still relate to it yeah yeah um you're right like it's not it's not a super laugh out loud um episode but it is a very warm episode and there's there's just enough going on that like you're never bored um you know one one two two things that i stuck out here that made me laugh were uh, budnick screaming out uh from the clinic saying we're sick in here you goober uh, and also when uh, Budnick kicks this like toy doll in the clinic and the doll says, ow, <laughs> just made me laugh. Uh, what, what was your line, uh, Justin? Uh, when Donkey Lips gives the police officer the half of a peace sign. <laughs> yeah. And then I can't remember yeah, who said it. Good. One of the girls, or no, maybe it was odd that said, which half? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there was a lot of funny lines in the vehicle, and with the 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 officer kept Officer Tom, I think his name was. They kept uh, yeah, running into like, scenarios. Yeah, yeah, it was that was good. Um, well, uh, Michael uh, Budnick and Michael Fakes being sick has an eight point three on IMDb, a nine point two on TV dot com. Where did you rank it, Andrew? Um, I put it at number eight. Um, this is one that I love. I thought I thought I was going to rank it higher. Um, the reason I didn't, I think, it's just because um, it feels a little bit skimpy compared to some of the other episodes, um, or a little less like ambitious or something. Um, 
but I do love a lot about it. I love like the whole bonding thing between Michael and his bully. Basically, um, it just feels like I don't know. It just feels satisfying to watch. Um, and their whole experience in the sick hut is um, somehow it feels. You know, I've never been in that exact situation, but somehow like just they they nailed the kind of sick day, I guess, on this one. Um, and all the stuff they do when they're in that hut, like trying to get the TV to work and stuff. Um, so there's a lot of love, a lot of memorable stuff about this episode, uh, that I love. Uh, I just, um, you know, I just thought, I guess some of the other ones just feel a little bit more full now that I've watched them this closely together. Hmm. Okay. Um, I ranked it number four. I think it's, uh, which it did surprise me, but I, um, yeah just it's a very warm episode uh you know the dynamics between michael and budnick are really entertaining to watch but also like the ug trip i think is underrated like the the hijinks they get into on the trip are really funny um or not maybe really funny but just like kind of really charming and uh i don't know yeah i i just i i found it a very easy episode to take in it was like very a, a very easy watch uh and i liked it a lot what do you think, Justin? I have it at number five. Um, just because the balance of the comedy and then the relatability and the, you know, the tender moments, I, I think that was, you know, that was a, we see more of that in season two with Budnick being kind of a good guy, but it was kind of nice to see another side of him. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Well, any other thoughts on Michael or Budnick and Michael fake being sick? Uh, just that something about the whole puzzle thing is interesting too, uh, since we didn't mention it. Um, just, just adding to Budnick's backstory and, um, just the idea of them doing it together. Uh, and then finally when they flip it, that moment of like seeing that ice cream is just very cathartic. Ice cream. ice cream what are you waiting for dig in <laughs> yes yeah i love the ice cream puzzle i also yeah i love that twist that the ice cream had oh no it hadn't been unlocked i forgot budnick unlocked it yeah. but there's that <laughs> moment where you think the whole time it had been unlocked <laughs> yeah. which i wish it kind of had been also uh just that like kid dream of eating ice cream, like eating oh all the God. ice cream you can. Yeah. Tell me, a kid dream, adult dream. Every day. <laughs> before the before the ice cream unlocked, reveal, um, Budnick tells Michael he's got to go take a whiz. I just don't you know how that's not going to happen in kids shows these days where they talk like that or you know I don't know. It's just a special time in kids television history to say things like that and like you know sponge swearing and stuff people still talk about that to this day (laughs) yeah yeah pissed Um, pissed off (laughs) yeah (laughs) but it feels more authentic like that like kids you know swear a little bit oh yeah 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 it's how kids talk yeah all right well uh what's next andrew uh next is episode 10 cinderella play 
Or um, Night at the Theater. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't even like either of those titles that much. Um, so I, I actually might yeah. go towards Night at the Theater. It, it fits more, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm a mouse, and I live in a house, and everybody thinks I'm a louse. Cinderella, there's vermin all over the house. Come get rid of them. So, uh, anyway, this episode, um, Dina is basically the center of attention in this one. Um, she's gets the part of Cinderella in the camp play and, but when she finds out this kid that she knows from the other camp is coming to watch it, she gets stage fright and loses her voice or supposedly loses her voice. Um, and uh, meanwhile, the rest of the campers are trying to get ready for the play in their various positions um, and kind of getting into hijinks. Um, and then finally, the play turns out well. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much how it ends. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a Dina-heavy episode. Like, maybe the only Dina-heavy episode, I guess. The next the next one is, too, a little bit. Um. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, I'll give you that. Did you, I mean, did you like it? Um, I, I liked everything that was, like, happening outside of Dina the most. I mean, the Dina storyline was okay. Like, there were funny parts of it. Um, I just, uh, I, I don't know, I liked the antics taking place as the plays trying to be, like, put together. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I... So, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, it's, this one, this one, I thought was a little bit of a like a, a sludge, like or like a or a slog. Excuse me. Yeah. Um. So it just uh, it's not terrible, but like I I didn't think it was the most fun. Um. Yeah. And it's one that I kind of forget about a lot. Like it, it's one when I was looking at the list of the episodes, I, I rewatched them all, but when I was looking at them, there was two in particular where I'm like, I really don't remember those two very well, and this was one of the two. Yeah. And I think it's just because yeah. maybe like it's it's just not very memorable. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. And maybe maybe Telly's nose is the most memorable thing about it. <laughs> that, that is funny. Uh, also, Budnick just the various things that he's doing behind the stage. Oh yeah, yeah. He's got yeah, he's got some good moments. Yeah, I watched it earlier today to re- refresh myself, and I enjoyed it, but I can't tell you why. Um, <laughs> yeah. other, other than I like. I like the show. I don't know. There's, I don't know. There's, there's moments in there that I'm like, you know, I, I, I enjoyed myself and I wasn't torture, but um, I can't really pinpoint any specific, like, notable moments. You know, Zizi getting the flowers at the end instead of Dina was pretty cool. But as far as, like, laugh out loud or, you know, visual or quotable stuff, I can't really pull nothing out of the air about any of those things just I, I enjoyed it yeah um well there there is a few quotes i picked out which is uh sponge saying i would like to thank all the little people who helped make me great i'm not little i just have short bones uh, uh and then budnick um you know i do like that initial moment when the play ends and like nobody claps it seems like everybody hated it and uh yeah. budnick leans over to ug and says you know, Og, 
If we would have done Amazon Girls or Go-Go, they'd be dancing in the aisles by now. <laughs> that yeah. might be my favorite part of the episode, actually, is Budnick continuously to pitch the Amazon Girls a Go-Go the entire episode. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. it's absurd. It's another thing that's like, like, why is this in a kid's show? Um, yeah. And Bonky Lips uh, rap, too. You reminded me about that. I liked his, his initial rap that didn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um you know what really struck me about this episode more than anything else is uh it felt like I don't know how to say this like it was produced real like they were trying really hard. Like it almost felt like one of the better produced episodes but that the jokes just like weren't hitting as well. They weren't terrible but it was just like everything felt just a little bit like um, more fake or something than the other episodes. Yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah, it, it seems it just feels a little bit off. I wonder if it's like the theater setting that it doesn't really feel like camp. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe could be part of it. Um, oh, there is there is a line in here that um, I kind of raised my eyebrows. It was, um, you know, <laughs> Dina is uh you know too lazy to learn her lines so she starts writing them on herself and it's like on her hand and on her arm and then budnick says i can't wait to see the third place she wrote them you know like kind of a kind of a oh pretty yeah yeah some kind of heavy innuendo um yeah um pretty suspect you know uh, (laughs) yeah kind of uh it feels like something a real budnick would say if it was you know if this was happening in real life yeah. Um but uh I also kind of liked um Michael like preparing for this kiss throughout the whole episode like excited and then in the end can't go through with it. Yeah, shake um, hands. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. good. Yeah. Well, this episode has an 8 on IMDb, a 9.6 on tv.com. Yikes. And uh oh, so wow. where did you rank <laughs> Where did you rank it, Andrew? Um, <laughs> this landed at number 12 for me, uh second last. Uh I think I only ranked it above Thud Mackey because it felt, because all the characters were really involved. Like, it felt like you were, it felt like stuff was happening the whole time, kind of. Um, And it was a weird uh, episode where Dina's really the focus. Um, And and again, there's like, there's some strong points about it. Uh, I just think it was one of the lesser episodes. I, yeah, totally agree. I'm not going to expound a bunch. It was also my number 12. So there we go. We're, <laughs> we're agreed on Zeke the Plumber yeah. and uh, Cinderella yeah. play. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, it was an episode I just didn't remember very well. And after watching it, I didn't like hate it, but it was it's not an episode I'd feel eager to watch again. Um, yeah. You know, I wouldn't want to like do an episode review on it. Uh, yeah. It's just it's it's OK, but it's not not top tier salute your shorts. Uh, what do you think, Justin? I have it at 13. Okay. I really teetered between uh, 13 and 12 as well. Uh, but I ultimately decided that I liked it a little bit less than Bunk Chief because I put Bunk Chief at 12. Wow. Man, Boy. Bunk Chief at 12. That's pretty. <laughs> That's got to be our big difference. <laughs> what, was, what was Bunk Chief for you, Andrew? About five. Oh yeah! Wow. Okay. Where did you put the uh, Oh, well, did wait. you put it at thirteen? Yeah, yeah. 
Don't make he's my last. No, that's cr- that, yeah. that is that that's lunacy. No, I'm sorry, <laughs> but it's just not an interesting episode. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, uh, I think we all agree that uh, Cinderella play is, uh, you know, in regards to Salute Your Shorts, kind of a stinker. But, you know, I think we'd all still say not, you know, a bad episode of television. Yeah. 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 Uh, What's next? Uh, Episode 11 is Donkey Lips's crush, or Dina loves Donkey Lips, or Donkey Lips's crush on Dina. Yeah. One of those. Um, I almost like Dina loves Donkey Lips better on that actually um, they're, they both basically they're, the uh, they're the same thing except for who's objectifying who yeah yeah it should it should have something to do with like mystery something i don't know it both are not great yeah. your picture should be hanging in a museum go on it touches me right in the heart she could have said liver she could have said lungs but she said heart your passionate work gives me goosebumps. Say it again. Goosebumps. Ooh, goosebumps. You are obviously a sensitive man looking for a sensitive woman. And I hope you will go with me to the social tonight. If you agree, send me a sign. I just thought I was flashing paint around. This is serious stuff. Dina loves you. But it's so sudden. What do I do? <laughs> Um, so there's a, a big dance coming up at camp and Dina passes Michael a secret, um, note asking him to the dance, but donkey lips accidentally ends up with it. And so he thinks she's after him. So he sets up this elaborate, um, like puzzle to get her to figure out who it is that is her secret admirer. And when she finally finds out, she's horrified that it's donkey lips. Uh, but her friend's push her into going to the dance with him and uh in the end they end up having a good time yeah yeah it's the yeah it's the uh kind of confused uh you know you get the letter you think someone has a crush on you kind of like you know confused and they uh they go to the dance and then everything ends up all right uh what what did, did you like it uh i do like this episode uh it's a middling-ish one for me, but I, I really feel for Donkey Lips in this one. I think that's like my weak point on it. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily love the Dina-heavy episodes, but um, I don't know. It's just like something about Donkey Lips and like him getting a chance for a change, like feels good. Uh, so I really like that about it. And there's other good stuff about it, but um, that's like what really sticks with me is like Donkey Lips' whole like journey through it, I guess. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know what to do with this episode. Like I I remembered it. I remember liking it pretty well enough. Um, but it's it's kind of like a heartbreaker and it's a little at times yeah. mean spirited. Um Yeah. You but know, it's real. I mean, I mean it feels real again. I, I know it's real, but like, I I don't like calling him a blob and they're just like, they're making fun of him all the time. Uh, and I, I, know. I get, I get I, that the ending kind of redeems that and I get that it's real, but like, 
I, I don't know. I, I actually don't, I don't think the ending does like a good enough job of actually, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't dislike it. I don't dislike it. I just didn't know what to do with it. I hope you're enjoying this. I am. A lot. Well, at least one of us is. I know you didn't mean to send me the letter. You do? Yeah. If you knew it was a mistake, how come you asked me anyway? A lot of the kids think you're all stuck up. And the truth is, besides me, no one was going to ask you to the dance. That's a lie. There were a lot there of guys. There weren't. I asked around. Uh, and um, there there were parts I loved. Like, I loved the finding of the clues. Um, although yeah. I did think it was very weird that there's, like, all these camp extras running around with Dina. Like, who who the hell are these kids? <laughs> um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, the dance where nobody is dancing is absolutely perfect. Like, that feels yeah, so yeah. real. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, I just don't know. I, I don't know. I think I always just, like, really empathized with Donkey Kong, or, excuse me, Donkey Lips <laughs> in this episode. Jeez. Um, <laughs> you do, Andrew? Uh, I, <laughs> um, I... <laughs> I just always felt like for his character, I it just, I guess I liked that there was like this situation on TV. Like, I feel like it's ha- like this type of thing is happening all the time. And it's like, how do you deal with this? And I don't know. I just felt like really related to him in this one. You know? Yeah. It's not that I, it's not that I didn't know. It's not that I don't know that this didn't happen. It's just kind of like a brutal 23 minutes of television. Like it's, I, I was ha- this time just, around. Maybe when I, maybe when I was a kid, I was like maybe yeah. having more fun, but as an adult, this was like really like I don't know, not not fun for me to watch Donkey. This Lips is the type here. of this is the type of thing that I don't want them to stray away from. Uh, you know, in TV, I guess. Like when I was a kid, like I felt like this episode really felt just kind of important to me in some way. Um. I don't know. It just feels like a little more serious. Like, I guess. But what? It, I what just does it say? Wanted... Like, what is it saying? Um, I feel like it's just presenting a realistic situation and like the bet, like just how it could be dealt with by everyone involved. I guess it feels good not being watered down to me. I, I hear you. I, hear it's, you. It's well, what... I agree. I think it's important to not water down stuff like this, and it's difficult to watch and uncomfortable, but maybe that's a good thing for other people to see, you know, how bullying can affect other people, and if it can make somebody feel bad about the situation and be a better person because of it, that's good. Um, I think that I enjoyed the episode in a way because it was painfully relatable to me. Like, I really felt like donkey lips a lot of time, especially at that age. Um And when it came to, like, you know, hitting puberty and getting interested in girls and feeling like, you know, having low self-esteem and stuff like that. And I think the reason, I think the message wasn't so much, you know, I think what it does for other people and why it's a good thing for someone that was going through this is because it shows you that you're not alone. um, That other people feel this way and that there's other people out there that are the same as you. And I think that was probably what made me gravitate towards, you know, it was, it was uncomfortable to watch, but it was also kind of like, 
it brought me more emotionally invested into the episode because I really wanted to root for Donkey Lips more. Um, and I think that's that's what it did for people like me. Um, on the positive side of the episode, I really like the scavenger hunt. Like I said earlier, uh, with the adventure of the Sarah Madre, I really like whenever there's like clues and stuff. But they really plowed through the clues. Like they would read the card and be like, oh, it must be here. They knew right away. Either they're like the best at escape rooms or those clues were very simple. But then again, like on the flip side of the fun, then there's the the dark room scene where it reveals donkey lips in the photo and her reaction to that was like a horror movie. Like this was the absolute worst thing that could have ever happened to her. And I kind of remember, and I think back then too, I remember like a situation too, where maybe I had recently just went through something where I told a girl I liked her and she like freaked out because she's like, Oh my God, he likes me. You know what I mean? And I was kind of like, you know, it's not just me that goes through that same stuff. Um, that's why I gravitated towards it. And another thing I liked about the episode um, was the choice of music at the dance. Like, it started off <laughs> yeah. with, like, this really cool song. And then right yeah. after the metal song, um, it went into some really catchy, like, dance, pop, hip-hop song. And I really liked that song. I don't know. The music in this episode um, really did it for me. Yeah, that song has been <laughs> yeah, stuck in my head. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> even the even the moment yeah. I heard it, I was like, "Oh man, I remember this from when I was, you know, really <laughs> five. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 yeah, the music cues are great. Also, um, the whole DJing thing was pretty good. I mean, I just enjoyed that as like a cutaway moment yeah. here and there. Yeah, yeah, Michael and Sponge are good here. Um, yeah, you know, I, I really softened on Michael too. Like, I, I've been kind of a jerk about Michael mm. uh, throughout the run yeah. of the podcast. But he's, uh, you know, he's serviceable. Yeah, I won't say he's great, but he's serviceable as like, a, you know, to build a, build a storyline around. Um, I was just going to say in, in regards to Michael, there's no comparison between Michael and Pinsky. Pinsky's way more dynamic and uh, entertaining. He makes the, I think there's better episodes this season. Like it's a stronger season, but I think what print, what Pinsky brings to season two makes the episode stronger just because he's in it. But yeah. I want to give the credit to Michael because Michael, Michael uh, Stein, he walked so that Ronnie Pinsky could dance. <laughs> <laughs> yes well put yeah well put yeah. <laughs> um well some of my uh some of my i didn't have many lines here actually only one where budnick uh when he's referring to dina he says she's a stuck-up wolf uh which was an interesting insult bunch of interesting insults from yeah. budnick and then we have a very yeah. questionable line i noted here from budnick which is simple rule of manhood put your hands everywhere she'll let you yeah yeah pretty questionable uh (laughs) ratings imdb 8.4 tv.com 9.5 where did you where did you put uh donkey lips's crush on dina uh for me it landed at number nine um so i mean i I, again i like it a lot i like all of these are like fours you know everything a 10 and above is a four at least um so uh 
it's just a really memorable episode. Like it's not necessarily a feel good one, I guess is why I did part of why I didn't rate rank it higher, but uh, it is one of the episodes that has stuck in my mind throughout the years. Like that I remembered everything that happened in it. And uh, again, it's just so it's just such a real situation that could arise. Like something like this could arise, you know, everybody's getting uh, turned down by someone or whatever. Uh, it just feels like really relatable and like, like r- real in a way that maybe isn't done so much now, or maybe I'm just not seeing it anyway. Yeah. I'm yeah. I mean, I'm sure we're not looking for it, but I want to say, I want to say this episode ended up, I could be wrong either on Max or Melissa's date night tape. When we did that episode, perfect date mm-hmm. night lineup. Um, I, th- I want to say Max put this episode on his tape. Um, okay. But uh, we're we're in lockstep here, Andrew. I also gave it a nine, or I put it at nine out of thirteen. Um, you know, it is a very memorable episode. There are like a lot of charming moments. Um, again, the, the way the episode made me feel as an adult just like was somewhere where like I just didn't I didn't know where to put it. Um, I think like there's a lot of good stuff about the episode. I I I want to be clear. Like I'm not like I'm not arguing that. TV shouldn't do this type of stuff. I guess my bigger problem with some of the writing here, like calling him blob or calling like the way, the way uh, they like talk about his smell is that sometimes uh, it, it didn't feel like they were always playing it to like teach you a moral, but rather the writers were actually like laughing at him. You know what I mean? Like they, they were the way the shaming was played was actually for real laughs and not to go like, Oh wow. Like, yeah, I'm going through this. And so I think that's where a little bit of the uncomfortability came is that like, these are like 30 year old writers who are like really making fun of like this kid who was actually overweight. Um, and I think that's where some I mean, I, I, with are coming from. It's like, if they're not doing it for a moral. That, you don't, you think they're trying to like teach kids something? I Like I didn't, it didn't, hit me as I'm supposed to be laughing at these lines, you know, like it hit me as more like Budnick's uh, jerk, you know, and this is what he would say. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 that's not the way I read it. So I think that's like, that's the way it hit me. Yeah. I I think that um, I feel the same way that it, it felt real, you know, people, people do make jokes to make jokes and, can be nasty and i just i think that's the being transparent and authentic with that whether the writers did it for a comedy line i think it, it increased the effectiveness of uh people that were in my shoes that would have like related to what that was happening you know they, they didn't hold back they made it kind of mean and nasty because that's kind of what real life is sometimes so that's the way i took it but i, I had it at um number except number seven um yeah because just because a couple spots up from you guys just because i could relate to some of it it was kind of therapeutic for me and uh i always think like the best shows and characters or heroes or whatever when you can get emotionally invested and written for someone and that's that's how there was a turning point in the season where you know i started seeing donkey lips as a lot of things that i was going through so it's always good to have that character um and I think that's why it's up higher for me is just because it was, it was really fun to root for Donkey Lips and to see him at least get like, yeah. uh, 
like when Dina would smile or laugh at his joke, you know, just the fact that the, I don't know, the whole end scene kind of, it didn't make anything that happened before it right. But it's always nice to see like a good guy win. So yeah. I like yeah, that. Not a, I like the end. Not like only does too. he win, but like also you get to on Dina a little bit, like just yeah. by him telling her like, no legit, nobody was going to ask you to the dance because everybody thinks you're like a jerk. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there, there's <laughs> that, like, I don't know. If, what'd you say that felt good when he like put her in check and she was like she tried to downplay it like he's like no i asked around and i was just like oh yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. that that, so there is that like small little like satisfaction at the end of like you know you're lucky you got donkey lips here um yeah okay uh well we're all kind of in the same range there so kind of middling um but you know still a strong episode um what's 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 next andrew uh episode 12 mail carrier mona or ugg's girlfriend is coming (laughs) (laughs) it seems like the secondary titles are honestly just descriptions of the episode so that they can remember what it's about yeah, yeah, but they went nuts on like cheeseburgers in paradise. They're like, you know what? <laughs> Let's yeah, have some yeah. fun. <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah, they got ambitious for a second. They're like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So where's our regular mail guy? Lucky Jones was crushed by dinosaurs. Dinosaurs? Stamps. A box of brontosaurus commemoratives fell, broke his collarbone. Mona Tibbs, USPS. Can you direct me to the camp personnel authorized to receive this? Well, that's me, Bobby Budnick. I'm getting my junior postmaster badge. Splendid. Glad today's youth takes an active interest in the civil service. Carry on, young Budnick. So, uh, in this episode, um, Ugg has this girlfriend outside of camp that he's waiting to show up uh, and visit him. And it slowly, it, we find out that his girlfriend's not coming at all. And that Ugg's been kind of like sending these letters to her without getting any responses for a while. Um, but they, in the meantime, they've been visited by a new mail carrier, Mona, uh, who is interested in Ugg's strange mail, like the strange places where he gets his mail. And so finally the campers put kind of hook them together and uh, they hit it off in a weirdly like a bizarre, but touching um, scene kind of in in the end um, with a cracking Mona's back and then jumping into the (laughs) pond after her. (laughs) Yeah. She pulls her back. Yeah. I mean, she's, you know, super, super quirky here. Same actress who does the voice of Chucky. Yeah. on Rugrats. Um, and she's great. I mean, we've talked about her a lot, but... Um, yes, we love her. Like, yeah. just watching this again, she was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Her. you know, killed it. Um, yeah, and yeah, Ugg's waiting for Rachel! Uh, <laughs> which I just... <laughs> yeah, he's he's head over heels in love yeah. with Rachel until... Uh, the, you know, and I, this is another kind of mission episode of the kids working together to try to, like... Because Ugg has become such a such a like doesn't care about anything they can't even get under his skin which they realize actually affects their happiness (laughs) yeah he's so miserable in this one that like again i kind of uh 
just empathize with him in this episode. Like how, but he just gets like, um, he gets beat up on so much during this episode. Uh, I feel for him, but then like it ends on such a great note. Um, yeah, it's just like runs the gamut of, uh, emotion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, this episode to me is good from the first moment. Like, uh, uh, Budnick yeah. is the one getting the mail. He asks what happened to the old mailman. And she says, uh, lucky Jones was crushed by dinosaurs. And, uh, you know, she's talking about stamps, but, um, it's just, I think like Mona is an iconic nineties character. She's feels very, she feels more important to the show than she actually ends up, ends up being. I think she's only in two episodes. Um, but she feels like very part yeah. of the salute your shorts. Um, you know, family and uh, there's just a gr- bunch of great moments. I love Ugg's songs for Rachel here, both the one he had written and the one Budnick wrote for him. Ugg, come here. Hey, do that song that I wrote, like like I taught you. Budnick, you know that I'm. This is uh, this is really not my bag. Hey, just do it like I taught you. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Rachel, I am here. The mustard. Um, them dressing Ugg up is a lot of fun. Like all the different like get ups for Ugg. Um, there's even like a small moment here I wrote down where uh, Ugg is waiting for Rachel to show up. Um, and it, a car pulls up and he thinks it's Rachel and it's just this guy who burps at him. It's just it's just this stupid <laughs> moment that's so fun. Um, and uh, and yeah. uh, just in that in that same uh, kind of segment of scenes, um, they have Ugg. I always remember this Ugg getting splashed by the mud on the side yes. of the road. Yes. It's just so pitiful. Yeah. 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 <laughs> With the huge wooden heart. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Justin? I, I particularly like the outfit that uh, Budnick got up to wear. Um, <laughs> yeah. it was so uh, I think that uh, I really wanted to put this episode higher, too, because it's just so good, but I just couldn't justify putting some of my personal favorites lower. But Mona makes the most out of every second she's given in the episode. Like, her lines... Like, I don't think I stopped laughing the entire episode. It's one of the funniest episodes to me, yeah. um, just consistently. Just every time she's on screen, you're getting, and I don't know, maybe it's because, I don't know, dad humor now or something, but everything she had, he said, had me rolling. Uh, the way she memorized, whether they're the actual zip codes or not, um, the way she memorized <laughs> every zip code, Um when she describes that, you know, he's Kevin Lee or whatever from wherever, he gets all this exotic mail from all over the world. Uh, There's just so many, so many like things that as an adult, they probably went over my head when I was younger, but there's so many things as an adult I really appreciated about the humor in it. Um, yeah, I just, I just, I think it was terrific. Yeah, this was, this, I, I think this is the funniest episode of uh, the first season. So this is the episode where I have like, an insane amount of quotes. Um, so if you guys just want to settle in for a moment, <laughs> um, uh, we have one here from Ugg uh, where they're asking her, asking him about Rachel and he says, and they asked if it's love at first sight. And he says, once she coughed up the lake weed, then yeah, we fell in love. <laughs> um, Sponge saying in some cultures, if you save women, she owes you her life and her father owes you a pig. Um, <laughs> 
Michael saying Rachel met a <laughs> when he's like finally has to break the news to Ugg. He says Rachel met a red hot stud muffin, and now your tail lights. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Doctor Khan saying due to Ugg's sudden sickness, all today's activities are canceled. Um, we have a great, uh, great like kind of core um, uh, monologue here from Mona, where she says, "Hey, kids." Thanks for turning out to say goodbye to Mona on her last day. Lucky Jones' collarbone is mended nicely. He's back in the saddle. He'll return on this route tomorrow. But where will you be? Oh, I'll be all around in the dark, wherever there's a little boy right to Santa Claus. I'll be there. And when people enter the publisher's sweepstakes, I'll be there too. I'll be in the way a little boy's eyes light up. When lingerie ads turn up in the mailbox. Wherever there's mail to be delivered, that's where I'll be. <laughs> Which is like a Pete and Pete. <laughs> that type, is a uh... Pete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have here from Mona. Uh oh. Postal workers' nightmare. Lower lumbar misalignment. <laughs> um, we have uh, Mona saying, Mona's an awful name. I always wanted to be called. Jawa. <laughs> <laughs> I was. This is like the first time I noticed that particular line, and it cracked me up. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Ugg who gives her like a really fast pop quiz. He turns around and he goes, "Quick, Fargo, North Dakota," and she goes, five eight one zero two. And then uh, of, we have donkey lips. Of, confirming here he says i love candy corn which has been a hot topic on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) and then finally uh mona saying ugh in the postal system of life you're one first class male (laughs) that is right yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) um yeah this episode was amazing um i i just also want to mention uh in uh ugh song Rachel, pass the mustard. <laughs> um, I had I was thinking about how funny that had to be to film it because there was no music as the actual actor, yeah. uh, Kirk Bailey was yeah. doing it. So like it had to be so funny for the kids to be sitting there. Yeah. I'm glad um, you brought up Pete and Pete because I feel like so much of the humor in this episode and so many of the lines sound so so much like the Pete and Pete universe, and I think that's maybe why I found it so funny. Um, it just all so many of the lines and so much dialogue and the interactions and everything just felt so bizarre and like absurd. And I just when you brought up Pete and Pete, I was like, that's what it feels like to me, like that universe. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. For sure. Um, also, I just one the end of this episode, like is for me one of those things that has stuck with me over these years specifically um the moment where they're like going back and forth ugh and mona like yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) like something about that i don't know it just gets me yeah that's yeah that's great uh well imdb it has a 7.9 which is criminal uh on tv.com it has an 8.5 where did you rank it andrew um, you know, I ranked it number four. Um, but since we've been talking about it, I mean, I could, I might switch three and four toilet seat basketball with Mel Carrier Mona. Um, 
it's just such a great episode. I really, I, mean, I loved every second of this, of course, again. Um, it's one of the ones that feels like really real. Like every second of it, I'm totally sucked in to like these characters as real people. Um, yeah. I, it's just, you know, we've, we've talked about it, but it's just so good. It's an uh, incredible episode of Nickelodeon. Yeah. Yeah, it's really quirky. I mean, Mona is a huge part of that, but even the kids trying to like kind of work with Ugg through the Rachel relationship is just like so charming and feels it feels like a, a camp where these people are finally like it feels realized like this episode really feels yeah. like a family. Um, it's my it's my second favorite of the season. Um, I really toyed with putting it number one because I just think it's so funny and so so like heartwarming and Mona is just one of my favorites. Um, it's the only other, other episode I gave a five to, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a perfect episode and, uh, so, so funny. I mean, I, I can't encourage people enough to go back and check out male, male carrier Mona. Um, I have it at nine. Um, it deserves to oh be Oh my God, higher. Justin. Well, podcast <laughs> over. <laughs> Bye everybody. <laughs> if we were, if no, we were rating it on value alone, it would be in my top three. Um, but just because of the personal connection and the mem- the memories, I have other episodes I couldn't justify pushing down. But yeah, nine nine was as I, I'm I'm been rereading my list as we talk and stuff too. And uh, I have toilet seat basketball higher than that, which isn't right. That's that's criminal. But I put it there <laughs> because of basketball. So I'm not saying my list is justifiable. I, I totally get. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me at all sometimes too, but um, it's one of the best episodes. It's one of my favorite uh, episodes of Salute Your Shorts, even though it's at non. Yeah. 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 I mean, no, again, this, this, the season, like, like I said, anything under 10 to me was like a tough call um, over 10, not so much, but um, yeah. And this episode, I, I forgot to say it was, on um, was on my um, dream date night lineup. Uh yeah, perfect one. Yeah. Um, okay, well, take us to our last episode, Andrew. Yeah, episode 13, The Environmental Party, or I know this one, ZZ Saves the World. Or Saves the Planet. I, yeah. Yeah. I think I like the ZZ title better, actually, than this one. ZZ uh, yeah, maybe. So, see, they're not all so bad. Yeah. I wrote this song in hopes that people will change. Look around, see the world, sun that shines above. If we don't change the way we live, we'll be covered in puking, rotting garbage, oil spills, toxic waste, acid rain. It's your fault. It's all your fault. It's all your fault. It's your fault. All Um. So in this one, uh, CZ basically is like really into recycling but no one else will help her and they're just kind of throwing their trash wherever they want um and soon she starts getting kind of obsessed with it to the point where everybody's being driven crazy by her um so finally dina helps her come up with a plan to get the kids working and they promise a trip to the water slide if um if they all help out and like make enough money through recycling to be able to get that trip. Um, and, uh, it finally ends with them making the money, but 
they end up deciding to purchase a tree instead of spending it on something frivolous like their trip to the water park. I can't believe this. You guys bought a tree. Look at it. It's a buried in the ground tree. You guys really have changed. But Nick, we know you're mad. We just thought it'd be a good idea. Mad? I'm jazzed. This is a lot better than a bunch of stupid bee honey. You know, maple syrup runs for about $65 a gallon, and this thing is going to pour out money, and it's all mine. Excuse me, Budnick, you're not going to drill into this tree. Oh, yes, I am. Oh, oh no, no, you're not! Yes, I am. No, no you're, you're not! not. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you guys! You guys, where are you going? You guys! I switched my day off so I could take you to the water slide. What's this tree doing here? Uh, you guys? You guys? And uh, everybody's happy except for Budnick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, they get their, you know, everybody everybody learns their lesson here uh, environmentally. Um, did you Did you like it? Uh, you know, this was an episode that I really didn't remember much about. Um, but it was, I liked it, you know, I didn't think it was one of the best episodes, but I think the the problem for me with it mostly was the first half felt a little bit slow. Um, ZZ, like going through this whole like process of trying to get people involved in, um, in recycling, like they had a dance at school. It felt like kind of like that dance was just taken from another episode. Um, so that felt a little slow, but I have to admit, like by the second half of the episode, the rest of the episode, I thought felt great and funny and like really well paced and it was solid. The second half was solid. I thought, okay. Yeah. This was the episode I had the least memory of. Um, this was one of the, with Cinderella play in this one, this was the one where like, you know, I'd seen the, I've seen the title a lot, but I, I, I genuinely don't think I've seen it since the nineties. If, if ever, I, I don't know. Like it didn't, I felt like I was aware of it, but maybe never watched the whole thing. Um, and it's like the most socially conscious episode, like kind of ahead of its time with recycling, which is cool. Um, yeah. But it's, it's kind of an episode that I have like no feeling toward. Uh, it didn't, you know, I thought, I thought it felt a little bit like an afterthought. Uh, like, like maybe it was just stuck at the end of the season for a reason. Um, um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it felt like it was really made for ZZ. Like they were trying to come up with something to focus an episode around her. With. Definitely. I, I mean, I was wondering whether they filmed it in like it literally they're like, this is the worst one. Put it at the end. But uh, there's the storyline of Ugg talking to Mona on the phone. So they, yeah. they had to make it in sequential or, you know, there had to be a filming order here. So um you know, it's not it's it's not bad, but it's it's uh, it just didn't feel very memorable or exciting to me. I don't know what you think, Justin. I think Budnick is back. You know, he kind of <laughs> went he went soft after he faked sick for a couple episodes. He was kind of like an ally and helping people, but he, he's back on his schemes. He's trying to drill for maple uh, syrup, and I, I love it. I'm glad that he turned back around. I think he's at his best when he's terrible so um <laughs> i really like the songs in the episode i loved zz's song uh 
And then, you know, also to go along with the basketball, by this point in my life when this episode came out, I was also, like, fully immersed into, like, heavy metal music. So the whole, like, Budnick stomp, where there's, like, a 30-second <laughs> montage of him shredding. I don't know. Yeah. I knew that Budnick a lot, too. He had a cool mullet, and he was, he was a rocker, so... Um, yeah, there was this. This isn't one of this is one of my least favorite episodes as a whole, but those moments alone like kept me engaged in it. Yeah, yeah. The dance was like a weird section, but yeah, Budnick playing at the dance was was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, there there are some there were some good lines I liked. Uh, one from Dina here, uh, which is "Red lips make a statement." It says, "Look at me, I have red lips." Dr. Dr. Khan here saying This is Dr. Khan I am not amused at whoever hung the sign around the goat that said this is Dr. Khan Not funny (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I love Ugg on the phone with Mona He goes, "Uh, uh, Mona, just just one other question Do you like onion rings? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I I love the after effect of uh, Ugg still being like just head over in heels in love with Mona. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that is good. Um, I think, uh, like Justin said, uh, Budnick is in true form in this episode, um, and I think my favorite moment of this whole one is seeing Budnick walk past with Ugg's uh, like lawn chair, trying to take it <laughs> to the recycling plant. Ugg was- yeah. definitely yeah well uh this episode has a 7.8 on imdb an 8 on uh tv.com where'd you rank it andrew uh rank this one number 11 uh toward the bottom of the list but again like what boosted it is that is like the last 10 minutes of this episode just moved really fast for me it was funny um, if the whole episode was like that, it would have been a lot higher. Uh, but besides that, it just, yeah, I don't know what it was. I mean, it was still good. It just didn't work. The first half just didn't work quite as well as like other episodes. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. No, I mean, this is, this is my least favorite. Uh, this is 13 for me. Um, oh, I just like, even, even after I watched it, I'm just not sure I walk away feeling like, uh, there's something about it I want to revisit or like there's something super memorable about it or super fun. Um, I get that they had to do a ZZ episode and I like ZZ. I just wish it wasn't like so shoehorned into environmentalism, I guess. I don't know. Something more interesting with ZZ, I guess, but uh, you know, it's not a terrible episode of TV. It's just, I think the worst of the season. So I had it at 11. Um, the high points of the episode were great, but there weren't enough of them to keep it out of the bottom. Um, and I liked it more than, you know, Bunk Chief and Cinderella play just because of the the high spots. But other than those couple moments that I talked about, I think it was pretty forgettable. Um, the moral's great, but I think we were getting a lot of, I remember Nick had a lot of campaigns back then for recycling and stuff like that. And felt like, I mean, it's very important, but I feel like that was ad nauseum at that point having um, episodes about that. And so I thought it was, I thought it was well done and I liked it, but Nick became the jerk at the end again. So he was trying to undo all the morals and stuff. That was funny, but 
Um, yeah, it's good. I had it at 11. So kind kind of near the bottom for all of us. I mean, not, uh, we're, you know, I don't think we're trashing it, but it's not the best. Yeah. Um, interesting. Okay. Well that brings us to the end of the season. Do you guys want to kind of just go through your ranks 13 to one of like your, uh, your list? Yeah. Um, this is the first time I've, I think that I've like edited mine in the middle of an episode, but, uh, the only ones I changed for three and four, but I went okay. 13 brownies for Thud Mackey, 12 Cinderella play, 11, the environmental party, 10 or Save the planet, 10 donkey lips and sponge weigh in nine donkey lips is crush on Dina, eight Budnick and Michael fake being sick, seven Michael comes to camp, six, the treasure of Sarah Madre, five bunk chief elections, four toilet seat basketball, three mail carrier Mona two the radio calling contest and one Zeke the plumber. Very nice. Very nice. Um, all right. Well, I had 13, the environmental party, 12 Cinderella play, 11 toilet seat basketball, 10 bunk chief elections, nine donkey lipses crush on Dina, eight brownies for thud Mackie, seven, uh, the treasure of Sarah Madre, six donkey lips and sponge weigh in five, the radio calling contest, uh, four Budnick and Michael fake being sick, three, Michael comes to camp, two, mail carrier Mona, and one, of course, is Zeke the plumber. Justin? I had 13. I had the Cinderella play. Uh, 12 was bunk cheap elections. 11 was the environmental party. Um, 10 was uh, the treasurer of Sarah Madre. Nine was mail carrier Mona. Uh, eight was toilet seat basketball. Seven was um, donkey lips crush on Dina. Six was Budnick and Michael fake being sick. Five was uh, brownies for Thud Mackie. Four was donkey lips donkey lips and sponge way in. Three was Michael comes to camp. Two was the radio calling contest, and one was Zeke the plumber. Very cool. Yeah. So I think I think the two that we all had in our top five was uh, Zeke and Radio Calling Contest. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And those are those are two great ones. But the the whole season, uh, yeah, super solid. solid. And uh, if you haven't revisited in a while and you don't mind, <laughs> uh, Justin, I know you and I were talking about like the the true unpleasure of having to rewatch these like in their static equality. Um, I really <laughs> wish that. I wish there was some kind of release, even on streaming. Like you can only find like a couple episodes here and there. Um, so it would be nice if this got some kind of proper release. You know, the oh, thing yeah. about that, that I really enjoy, um, I love watching the uploaded versions because after the episode and you're coming off that feel good, like just watching Slayer shorts and then they have the credits with the music playing and then the announcer comes on to tell you what's on next. What's up tonight on SNCC? Clarissa disowns her bike. Roundhouse ridicules baby drool. Ren envies Stimpy. And someone eats raw meat on Are You Afraid of the Dark? Get it all when you SNCC tonight, starting at 8, 7 Central, right here on the First Kids Network. Now, stay tuned for Legends of the Hidden Temple, next on Nick. Yeah. I can't. I can't tell you how much I love like listening to him tell you what's gonna come on next. Like, 
his voice is just so soothing to me. I don't know why. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I, lo- I love oh, it too. Yeah, it's wonderful. On I, on the um, Donkey Lips's crush on Dina episode, I noticed that the narration comes on, but there's still actually dialogue that it was like cutting off. Like Donkey Lips was talking to Dina at the dance, and they just yeah, you know, it was supposed to play yeah. over the credits, but you know they got to say that <laughs> Legends is on next or whatever. So it was private <laughs> <laughs> for Dina's ears only. Hey, um, about the first season, I just wanted to say. If anybody out there in the dark web or anything knows anything about the pilot, welcome to Bunk 13. I would love to see it if anybody yeah. knows of its existence or where to see it. Oh, cool. for sure. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Well, uh, that wraps season one. Um, we're going to skip uh, listener letters this week because we're just a little long on this one. So uh, what are we up to next, Andrew? Uh, next time, well, it's the holiday season. Yeah. And we're going to be talking, you can't do that on television, Christmas. That's right. Yeah, our, our second foray into you can't do that on television. We did, we did Halloween first, so now yeah. it's time for Christmas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, so that makes me extremely happy. I love you can't do that on television. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. like a Nickelodeon memory is seeing that. Yeah, same here. Um, and you know, I, I just checked, Andrew, I was telling you, I just checked out that, uh, documentary, the orange years and, um, their yeah. segment, you know, they, they actually dedicate a pretty good amount of time to, you can't do that on television and it's importance to kind of launching Nick. Um, so I thought that was really cool. And if, and if you're interested, if you're a fan of our podcast and you haven't checked out the orange years documentary, um, it's on video on demand. Um, I would, I, I'd, I'd recommend checking it out. It's a, it's a pretty fun watch. Um, but yeah, definitely excited to talk. You can't do that on television. We'll have we'll have three holiday episodes uh, this coming December before we wrap up the year with our year in review 2020. Which, uh, <laughs> boy, that'll be interesting. Um, I definitely have my Fergusons worked out. <laughs> really? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> COVID, 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 COVID. Um, yeah. So uh, that'll be next. In the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at BOC Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Orange Couch Podcast. You can email us or at orangecouchpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Podbean. You can find us on Spotify and iTunes. Leave us a review. That's really helpful. Shout out to our newest five-star reviewer, Cincy Dad, uh, our fellow Ohioan. Uh, he said, my go-to pod for over three years. Um, so we really yes. appreciate that. Um, and that's a really helpful way for people to find us. The more people that review us, the more people that where it might pop up and say, Hey, you might like this uh, podcast that talks about salute your shorts season one. Um, and, uh, thankful, uh, that Justin joined us here. Thank you so much, Justin. Uh, thank you guys as well. It's been a blast to talk about the show and, um, hope you guys have or have had a happy Thanksgiving and stay safe and hope everybody's well. Yeah, you too. Same to you. Uh, yeah, this was a great one. Um, and we'll hopefully we'll see you guys next time.
No, 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 good. I was just going to say the way that uh, well, that the, line nope. is. <laughs> Sorry. Start over, start over. Hey, today, after your presence, your relatives, your feasting, and your jingling, we've got something else for everyone to share. A Merry Snick Christmas with Muppets, Eureka, Doug, Rugrats, and Roundhouse. Tonight, starting at 7 o'clock, 6 central. Be here then with bells on for a Merry Snick Christmas. Only on Nick. Yeah.